0: Mr. Fabulous.
1: How marvelous it is to see you. You're looking younger than ever.
0: Wait, you guys can't come in here.
1: (laughs) Nonsense, my dear fellow. My brother and I have come to dine to celebrate my early release from the service of the state. Come,
2: Elwood. Let us adjourn ourselves to the nearest table and overlook this establishment's
3: board of fare. Give us a bottle of your finest champagne, five shrimp cocktails, and some bread for my brother.
1: We have the Don Perignon 71
4: at $120. That'll be fine, pal. How much for the little girl?
5: The women. How much for the women? What? Your women. I, I, I want to buy your women, the little girl, your daughters. Sell them to me.
6: Sell me your children. Major D. Major D. Uh... Kind of. Kind of. The going to ask me to call the cops.
7: We're putting the band back together.
6: I said no. Absolutely not.
1: You. How much for your wife? <laughs> putting the band back together. We need you, man. We
8: need your horn.
5: I can't. I really can't. We got everybody except Matt, Guitar, Murphy, and Blue Lou, and we're getting them next. No way. If you say no...
6: Elwood and I will come here for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day of the week. Okay, okay, I'll play. You got me.
8: Sir. 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 Sir! <laughs>
4: It's uh, 3 minutes and 12 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of December in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming along making it part of your listening day. We are live from the flushly appointed yet not overly... Right again. the hole with the thing and the whatnot. In the year of our Lord, 2007. We are live from the flushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios. Uh, AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, It is Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 for your comments, your questions, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, your uh, whatever you might have today. Whatever ye might be armed with in the way of wit or whimsicality, we are ready to listen. Uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, Richard L Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to uh, take your observations, your uh, you know your whatever, your input, your uh, your thoughts, your gripes, complaints, grudges, grievances, limericks. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Oh, and apparently Richie's busy securing. Wait for it. Gift packs for the movie Golden Compass. Hooray!
7: Our problems are over. <laughs>
3: Thank you.
4: That's wonderful. You can get something from Geely as well. All right. Well, Maybe it's
9: not that bad.
4: Oh, you know it's that bad. I'm wondering what a Golden Compass gift pack actually includes at this point. Seeing as how the I, uh, the, uh, the IMAS gift pack, the IMAX, the, I, the IMAS gift pack is only available if you live in Des Moines. Um, the IMAX gift pack, really? Richie just brought the Golden Compass gift pack into the studio. Excellent.
9: Oh, let's see it.
4: Who wants a golden compass tree ornament? Oh no.
9: <laughs> these are awful.
4: We don't even have to do That's anything the gift for these. Pack? Okay, this is, is an ornament? This is This is how bad this I'm sorry. This is how wonderful this gift pack is. They're not even going to make us jump through hoops to get it. They just sent it over. Normally when we give stuff away There's a little behind the scenes uh, for you over the, the radio business. Oh, and a poster too and some passes be still my beating heart. <laughs> really? If the don't day
9: goes supposed to keep giving out those free passes after the movie's already opened If the
4: day goes on long enough will they just bring the cold kibbin in here to pleasure me? I mean, I'm sorry, was that out loud? The uh... No, normally when we give something away, uh, you know, we see something that we're interested in, you know, we work with companies that uh, you know that offer us various prizes and sundries as they say um, and we'll see something that is interesting or that we thought, you know, think the audience might be into, uh, you know, that we think that, you know, that it might be cool to kind of have associated with the station. And we send off a little thing and they send a the thing back and then we send that thing back to them and then they hook us up. You know, not, it's not very difficult. It's, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, bureaucracy you got to go through. It, this, they just sent us without even asking. That's how much of this stuff they've got in a warehouse somewhere, obviously. All right, before we do anything else, by the way, it is 503. I
9: didn't even see that.
4: There's a stuffed animal, 503-733-2970. If you'd like to uh, be on the uh, program today with, uh, you know, whatever your input might be, 503-733-2970. If your input is amusing, if your input is entertaining, if your input is confrontational, we'll take all three inputs. What's that Morse code noise? In here. I'm sorry. That was the that, that was all I needed to do. That was the whole. Uh, was all I involved. needed to do to make today's show worthwhile. I can go home now. Oh, I wish you'd been drinking coffee when I said that. Uh, here's what they gave us. They gave us a golden compass, uh, it was like a smallish sort of poster. Um, which is some large armor-plated? It's like a quarter of a poster. Polar bear, yeah, it really is not very. This is like the poster that, like, that like your boyfriend's band would paste up on a pole somewhere for some show that nobody will go to. Um, so, at the Golden Compass uh, poster, we have a the Golden Compass the. which it squeak if you squeeze it? No, nothing. Um, it's a plushie. It is, it, yeah. It's a small polar bear with bad sort of vinyl armor on it. Uh let's see what else do we have here. A whole pile of passes that I'm thinking no one will use. Uh, to go see the golden compass. I'll go see the golden compass. Really? Well yeah. Tim wanted to see it. Well here Tim, Sarah. Merry Christmas. I actually from want the Rick the little, I want Star. the polar bear. The
1: golden <laughs> compass.
4: Yes. You expressed interest in seeing the golden compass just a few days ago. Uh, this is for uh,
1: any Regal Cinema.
4: Uh, this pass will admit two to any showing Monday through Thursday at any Regal Cinema. That's how in demand this movie is. You can see it anywhere, even at night. If you call, they'll probably bring it to your house and just show it on, you know, show it in your living room if you'd like. So there you go. And uh, four Golden Compass uh, holiday ornaments. So there you go. I the polar bear. Yeah, there you go. Here's the stuffed animal. That, that is
9: have... so cute.
4: Okay. Well,
9: it's a little polar bear with armor on it. You decide if you want that. If not, we'll give it away to one lucky caller today. I really don't know what I'd do with that. Muppet would just eat it There's and then choke on one of these well, eyeballs.
4: We'll give that away with the uh, we'll give that away with the golden compass
9: tree ornaments later.
4: Fantastic! It's the shiniest Christmas ever already.
1: I get to go see the golden compass, the compass, compass.
4: <laughs> it's already lodged itself into the cultural consciousness, hasn't it? <laughs> Uh all right, well, there you go.' We'll
9: be starting I, the show with a quote from it any day now in a
4: weird way, I only want to see the movie because I know it'll make like uh, like uh, you know what's it James Dobson and all those guys angry because apparently the movie's all about God is dead or something or Jesus hates you or whatever I don't know I haven't seen it it's there's some sort of weird some sort of weird non-theist message in this film that's apparently angering people of all stripes and varieties so that's almost enough to make me go see it you know almost. Uh, all right, it is uh, Tuesday, and hello, it's 503 733 2970 So, yeah, Richie Bristol, when he's not busy collecting swag from movies that no one cares about.
9: <laughs> talking about vampires. They're
4: busy talking. Oh, don't even get me started on his vampire question. We'll bring and him into this. You were
9: heckling him. I
4: wasn't heckling. You totally
9: heckled him. I did him. not
4: heckle, and if I did, it's only because you told me to.
9: I did not tell It's you only to because
4: do. you leaned over and think you said, let's you'd heckle. actually do it. So, wait, so you're admitting that you told me to heckle Richie last night at the uh, I Am no. Legend screening?
9: No, actually, you weren't heckling Richie. You were heckling that poor guy who didn't know how to speak in public, and he held the microphone away from his face all the time, except for the, thank you very much. <laughs> there was
4: a guy, okay, well, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Uh, it, it's 503-733-2970 today. You want to uh, phone in. The aforementioned Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your comments about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or the just plain retarded. Uh, if you'd like to email, you can do that as well. It's uh, rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.AM. Tim at am. Or Richie with a T at nine seventy. Dot AM. All right, here's what's coming up today. We will talk to uh, political firecracker Bob Costantini uh, today. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us from New York City. Where apparently the... Um, I don't really care about this, but apparently the New York City Philharmonic is going to go play in Korea. Or they've been asked to play in Korea. Or whatever. I don't really. It's we're only really talking to Steve Castor on the days weekend story? Yeah, I it's, don't get it. No, it, uh, because I don't think we're we, and by we I mean I, I mean godless Americans. I don't think we're typically invited to go to Korea. Is not that a place where they don't they? North Korea is a uh, North Korea's a bad place, isn't it? Yeah, the north is. Yeah, well, that's what that's what I mean. So, but, so the New York Philharmonic has been invited to play in North Korea. Like, would you accept that invitation? It's like if they, well, they ask you right now, if they asked us to go do this program in North Korea for a day, would we say yes? Probably. See, I just don't know about no, that. No,
9: we, if they, yeah, if they gave us like five bucks, you know that we would. Uh,
4: maybe. if five, five bucks would be enough to live on there. travel vouchers. Yes, seriously. <laughs> and, of course, the glorious leader would make sure that the weather was fantastic for our visit. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in any event. Uh, but we're going to have Steve Kastembaum on so we can talk about that and also so we can talk about uh, I Am Legend. There was a huge amount of, of I Am Legend shot in uh, and around Manhattan. And we saw I Am Legend last night. We will touch on that in just a moment. Uh, what else is coming up today? Uh, today's top five, top five drive songs uh, because of the drive over the Ross Island Bridge, which continues to be a living hell on earth. So that's coming up. Uh, Darwin Watch today, also religious nutcase watch. Uh, we will answer the magical question, what will Sarah be drunk on next? And uh, let's see, what else? Well, you got that bottle of Absinthe. So I, we have we, people who have emailed questions about your bottle of absinthe. absinthe. So we'll be discussing that. And then I figure today is the day that we can tally up all the liquor that remains uh, in the studio. Because I mean, we gotta, we're got because we heading toward the new year. I mean, we really are plummeting towards 2008. Because today is what? The 11th? Yeah, so the 11th. Yeah. So there's there's really there's only 20 days left. So we're, I mean, it's almost the new year. So I figure we got to set the new year with a cleaned-out refrigerator. Uh, so we'll go over all the liquor in the studio today. Uh, there you go. That's it. It's 503 two Nine seventy. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. I got lots of them too. Two snowboarders have been shot in a road rage incident
1: near Government Camp. One hundred seventy thousand Oregonians did not get kicker checks. That's because they owe the state money. Cop USA will close down two PDX stores. The woman who shot the gunman at the Colorado mega church. Was fired from the Minneapolis Police Department after she tested a bus driver. NBC begins refunding advertisers as ratings plunge due to the writer's riot, strike. That quiet riot guy died of cocaine. Led Zeppelin gets rave reviews in London as the public screams for more. The Choking Game with a new twist is back for the kids. And the breaking <laughs> news just in moments oh. ago. It's going to be another New Year's Rocking Eve with Dick Clark. Uh
4: huh. Woo. Special guest, Hannah Montana. I think I've. Really? I think I've used up on my Dick Carter. She looks
9: like, ten? Yeah.
4: yeah. I, uh, I. Uh I don't think I can. I mean, I've already made the stroke of midnight joke, and I, I don't think there's really any... Maybe we'll give a prize to the, the person who can come up with a new Dick Clark joke for me today. Are they just going to roll him out on stage I like a, so. Captain Pike style again? Where he just there. And, of course,
1: Ryan Seacrest is going to be there because he has to be on everything. Because
4: it's, it's a law. It's in his contract. The, the Congressional Seacrest Act of 2008. He must, he must appear on 40% of all network programming everywhere. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh it's five oh three seven three three two nine seventy. Uh our thanks everybody who came to I Am Legend uh last night. Uh yeah, the two was, people uh, that
9: clapped And <laughs> shh, sh-
4: be positive. Um,
9: no, I'm thanking those two people.
8: <laughs>
4: Thank it you. Was, they were really into it, though. Dick Clark would love two people applauding for it. It was, yeah, it was a joint thing between us and uh, KUFO, and then some company whose name I've already forgotten. They, they, at the front, and I don't mean to be knocking uh, them if they're a client, I'm sure that they're a fine business. But at the, at the front of the theater, there were, you know, three sets of signs there was the KUFO sign, and there was the AM970 sign, and then there was a sign for blah, 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 blah metro, blah, blah, blah. It was some local business. It, 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 who I'd never heard of. And, you know, the KUFO street team guy, you know, he got on the mic and he's like, hey, thanks for listening, to Rock 101, KUFO, Rock, Vampires, wha. Uh And then they hand it over to this guy from this business and he goes, I
8: just, I, I just from you,
4: uh, Portland. And then it's like, walks off. And I actually shouted, last night I actually shouted, who are you? <laughs> from the back of the theater. Because I wanted to know what he was. But then no, he was, but it, he wasn't like it wasn't
9: like a, oh, who are you, sir? It was like a, what do you do? Well, because I wanted
4: to know who they were. He was up there d- talking. don't remember
9: their name. It was, name was like, a, no,
4: I don't. I don't remember the name. I mean
9: was, uh, the initials were A.M.
4: And his microphone was pointed, like, away from him, so I couldn't hear anything he was saying. So I was intrigued about who they were. I was intrigued by his ideas and wished to subscribe to his Richie newsletter. Richie
8: would
4: know. Yeah, I don't care that much. Uh, and then Richie Bristol got on the microphone. Let's, in fact, before we before we do anything else here, let me just. Uh...
8: Oh
7: Richie! sex Panther. Oh Richie! By
8: Odeon. back. Soon. It's
4: quite pungent. Let's uh, welcome Richie Bristol now to the uh, to the radio program. Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Good morning. Um, first of all, before Good. we before we plunge on ahead here today, is this? Are you? Do you mean this? In a, like, is this a figure of speech?
3: Uh, he said it. That's what
4: he said. That's what he. He said. was left out in the cold. I don't know, but I mean, is that a description of him? No, no, no. Okay, that's the first word that came out of his mouth. All right. Uh, so we'll get some. We have some calls here that we'll get here in just a second. Let's talk about. it
9: looking sporty today.
4: Cold. Uh, let's talk about last night's I Am Legend screening, and let's just work forward chronologically. So, a goddamn was it cold outside. Uh, B, how badass did that station vehicle look Parked right up on the sidewalk by the theater though uh, C, so we're all in there sitting down And you go up in, in, in the uh, is that uh, What's his name from K is it Matt? Uh, Matt? Matt from KUFO does a little speech Whoever that guy was from whatever the business He gives his speech And then Richie <laughs> gets up And Richie, I give you points for ambition I really do Because Richie last night at the I Am Legend screening Isn't content just to get up most guys who are on, like, a street team or, like, working a promotion or whatever, or an event or an appearance, they'll just go up there and go, Hey, who wants shirt? Wah! And, like, throw the shirts into the crowd. Or they will just get a pack of stickers and throw it at some poor sap, like, three rows back. Richie, God bless him, wanted to go the extra mile. So, Richie... Begins asking this incredibly difficult vampire <laughs> trivia. <laughs> trivia that was so difficult that neither Aaron, Duran, nor I had any idea what the answer was. And now, I mean, you were really like in our wheelhouse. And even or Aaron and I were looking at you like, huh? It was <laughs> so obscure and so weird. So do you have the questions still? Yes, I do. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Get the crickets ready. We're gonna no, no. We're going to take caller five here because we've got something to give away. Uh, we're going to give away. Um, they will have their choice of... They'll have their choice of motorcycle ice racing tickets uh, at the Memorial Coliseum. Uh, that is the world's best professional motorcycle and quad ATV ice racers at the Memorial Coliseum. Saturday, December 15th. Tickets on sale at the Memorial Coliseum box office or at comcasttix.com for world championship motorcycle ice racing. They will have their choice of those or the golden compass tree ornaments. World ornament.
9: championship motorcycle ice yeah, it's racing? Yeah, motorcycle
4: racing on ice. It's kind of cool, actually, because there's always a chance that someone will go right into a wall. Uh, So they'll have their choice of uh, tickets to that uh, or this Golden Compass uh, Squishy Bear and Tree Ornament set. Sort of a yin-yang kind of a choice. Uh, So we will uh, go ahead and take... uh, I guess I'll just go through and I'll take, like, caller... I don't know, like, three or something for that. 503-733-2970. We will do that right now. 503-733-2970. First, let's kill a little time by talking to whoever this is. Hello, you're on The Rick Emerson Show.
7: Hey, this is JC. I had a... I had a comment about your people leaving, leaving all everybody out in the cold. I'm sorry. And I had a comment about all your people leaving out in the cold uh, last night. Those of us who didn't get in. The
4: syntax of this sentence is really interesting.
9: I think he's mad because he didn't get in.
4: Oh, I'm sorry. Were last you? Night. Did you? Were you? Did you show up and then it was? Uh, and then you were oh, not able to obtain a seat.
7: I'll, I'll, I'll try the vampire question.
4: Well, uh, sadly, you won't. But um, so did you? Uh, so you showed up last night and then it was uh, the line was just too lengthy.
7: The line was long, and they eventually sent a young lady out to tell us that everything was done, and there, weren't any, there wasn't any more yeah. film.
4: No, it's, it's it's true. That theater was big, but by the time it I got there...
9: wasn't even one of the bigger ones, though. It was pretty...
4: I got there. I don't know, and I don't know what kind of crowd they were anticipating. When I got there, which is at around 620, the line was already all the way from the inside, already out, all the way down... The side of the building, and then it wrapped all the way back on itself again. I mean, the line was probably six hundred people long when I got there.
7: Uh, yeah, about right. That's about right.
4: Well, my apologies, sir. It was a, it was a hot ticket last night.
7: So, Rick, you should have come out and told everybody that because that poor girl got so you know lambasted. She was screaming, "I'm on! I only get minimum wage!" They sent me out here. Like, <laughs> oh, when
4: she actually oh, said, "They, I only get no, minimum they wage," were,
7: they were so mad at her, and there wasn't you know. There's, wasn't well, any reason for it? Please. Yeah, so it
4: sounds like something I really should have done. Yeah, I, I'm I almost sad say, that I didn't
7: I, get the chance. I got one other thing for you. Uh-huh. You seen the picture of the police officer that shot the guy in Colorado?
4: Oh, you mean the security guard? Yeah. Uh, Jean that looks like she that's used to that's... be John? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about there.
7: Just, you know, no, the gal the, gal, the guy that shot up the churches in Colorado and he and he ended up getting killed by the yeah. security yes. guard? Yes, yes. You seen the what she looked like? Yes,
4: yes. I we yeah. just had a little conversation about that you and I about All five right. seconds ago. All right,
7: sorry, Missus. No, <laughs> hey, great. best show ever. Thank you. Thank you. That was a lot of work.
4: It, it seemed like that call was like eating celery, just a whole lot of work, and there's just no, no discernible gain from that. Oh, Alex Trebek just had a heart attack. <gasps> is he dead? No, no he is. Uh, let's
1: see, he is resting comfortably at Cedars-Sinai in Los Angeles. Wait, hold on.
4: This circulatory ailment gives you tingling in the extremities and a shooting pain in your left arm. Sarah?
9: I'm not going to play Oh, one come one. on! I oh, said. that was a perfect
4: setup! Oh, you're ruining my humor! That was the perfect setup! I'm afraid he's dead, <laughs> and I
9: love him.
1: No, he said he's... uh he resting comfortably Jeopardy. means oh, he's dead. joking with the nurse. You know
4: he's going to you know put know out a press release in the form of a question, too. <laughs> he's been the host of Jeopardy since 1984. He you, used to be a Canadian. Okay, you, kn- you know, you know, God as my witness, you know that he will put out a press release about his condition in the form of a question. Who is resting comfortably at Cedar I'm sinai Hospital, Hospital and expected to make a full recovery? He's 67. Oh, no. No, I'm sorry. He's dead. All right. Oh. Uh, let's see. So we're going to take... Uh, I apologize. I'm just going to go through this and do. Hi, uh, caller one. Hi, uh, your caller two. What caller did I say I was taking? Hi, your uh, caller three.
3: The game is a foot, Trebek. Oh.
4: Okay. Thank you. I'm sorry. Now we need one more call because I've busied this out and I have to go back. So we'll take. A, so please to be calling now at 503 733 2970. There we go. Hi, uh, caller you Call four. again, huh? Yeah. Sorry about that. Hello, sir or madam, is the case may be. Hi. How are you?
7: Good.
4: All right. Sir, you're going to be playing for uh, your choice of motorcycle ice racing tickets or the Golden Compass holiday gift pack thing. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the question that Richie gave to the crowd last night at the I Am Legend screening, expecting that someone in the crowd would get it. Okay. Let me tell you right now, sir, you're probably not going to get this right. And, in fact, here's the thing. We'll actually give you two guesses at this because it's such a retarded question. (laughs) By retarded, I mean great but difficult. Richie, uh, can you drop the mono bed just a hair Uh there, sir? All right, so Richie Bristol is going to ask you this vampire question, sir. Okay. Which vampire throws off its shroud and attacks its victims in the nude? This is multiple choice, by the way. Which vampire throws off its shroud and attacks its victims in the nude? What are the options, Richie? Moravian, Transylvanian, Bulgarian, and Bavarian. All right, so the, the choices are Moravian, Transylvanian, Bulgarian, or Bavarian. You get two guesses. Moravian. Uh no, that one's wrong. Okay. Oh wait, is that one right? Yep. See again. What, okay. Well, congratulations. Well done, <laughs> sir. Do you? Would you prefer ice um, uh, racing tickets or this golden compass thing?
2: Uh, I want the golden compass thingy.
4: Really? Honestly?
2: Honestly. I got I, I got little kids and I want to take them to see it.
4: Oh, he's got little kids. You have to give him the bear. I
9: like the bear.
4: Well, we'll figure it out. You're All right, taking thank a you taking the bear away from children.
9: Sarah, why does Sarah do Why are the children? children trying to take the bear away from me? Okay. <laughs> I'm
4: going to put you on hold, sir. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. So uh, thanks for a good job last night, Richie. And uh, it was it was packed out. Let's split Richie between us and good. KUFO. It was really great. So right, Thank you. All right. Thank you, Richie So We'll bring you back in later to talk about the uh, trip to the Ace of uh, Place, that thing. The Ace of Place. The Ace of Place. Um, the Ass Club. The Ass of uh, something or other. All right, so uh, we uh, we should talk just a little bit, and this will be spoiler free. Just a little bit about I Am Legend last night, uh, which was the uh, premiere of the new Will Smith film based on the Richard Matheson novel of the same name. Um, I give it a solid thumbs up. Uh, solid thumbs up, and I don't know about you, I had I had the freakiest dream last night.
9: I did too! I was going to ask you! I'm
4: glad I didn't go out of it. That movie was a little in my head.
9: Epic, really creepy, messed up. Epic is
4: exactly the word for my dreams, too. I was on
9: like an adventure, and there was like, I was near this ocean, and I would look in, and there was all this crazy, like, stuff underneath the water, and I was. I I
4: had a dream uh, last night that I know came at least partially from I Am a Legend, so we should say right now that I Am a Legend, in my assessment anyway, solid film. Uh. I don't say it's a great film in the terms of like historically great, but it's very good. It's a good film. Uh, and it's, not, it's certainly not bad, which is what I was kind of afraid it would be, because I loved that book so much when I was a kid. And, uh, you, know, and it's, you know, it has the potential to be so great. So I, it, they did not blow it. It, it. I'm really happy about that. There are a couple things that I would tweak about it. And, you know, my biggest complaint about the film, and, again, I won't give any spoilers, my biggest complaint is that it wasn't long enough. It was two hours, but I could have taken another hour.
9: It didn't seem very long. You're right.
4: I mean, it was it a two-hour like it would... film. It zipped by. I mean, it really did. It started at lecture seven, ended right around nine. That was a two-hour film, and you know what? I, yeah, I gladly could have taken another forty-five minutes or an hour. It does feel like they chopped stuff out of it to make it shorter. It, it felt like at some point they were kind of go, "Where are we going to wrap it up? Americans won't sit still for this," you know. And so they they cut it. It was so good um, that yeah, they could, they could have totally lengthened it out. Um, and it, it, again, it was certainly not being. We will not give spoilers, as I always say. But you know, it, but there's um. Basically, if you've seen the trailer, you know that he's the last man on Earth. Uh, And then, of course, you know, there's vampires. So it's the last man on Earth, bam, surrounded by vampires. That's the setup. Go. And I really could have done with, I don't know, maybe another half an hour of just showing his daily routine, him walking around Manhattan, which is deserted. Uh, i got to tell you that the the landscape, the art design, the, the set design, the production, showing a deserted Manhattan is beautiful. I mean, it's unbelievably well done. Um, because the deal is, is that Manhattan has been deserted for three years. And it was really stunningly rendered. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, I think the CGI and the vampires is kind of lame, but, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, nothing's perfect. So, I overall, I mean, it's a strong effort. But, man, I had the freakiest dreams last night. So, were, were yours vampire dreams?
9: Mine were vampire dreams, but mine was... I was in my apartment, but it wasn't my apartment, and there were all these, like, tunnels and things. Like, I have this garage behind my house, Uh but um, in my dream, it looked kind of like my house, but not really, where the garage all of a sudden was attached to, like, this really big tunnel, and there were all these people living in there. I think
4: we know who was living in there.
9: Oh, and then um, at at one point I got on a train, and I'm, I'm going into, like, this... I don't know, this, this island thing or something, and there's all this freaky crap going on Ooh. under the water as I'm going by the train. There are these things running underneath the water, pacing the train, uh, and then it would, it would <laughs> down oh, into the tavern. Jim cavern. is recoiling. And then, down, um, and then like it went down, but I could still see the water, and it was beautiful, but I was going, then we went underwater, and we were going into this thing, and there are all these things under the water that should things, not be there.
4: Things that shouldn't be there.
9: There were buildings and stuff, and the woman who uh, was conducting the train kept uh, telling me not to look at some of them. I'm like, I gotta,
4: okay. And i got to tell you this. You know I love a movie that's a big downer. But I'm going on like five in a row now. I was talking to mailman Chris about that. I gotta watch something Seriously. happy, and I love movies that are a big punch to the sack. Don't get me wrong, as your friend put it last night. I I love movies that are just a big a big ball kick. Um, but I've had several of those in a row, and I need to see something amusing. So Wait, I don't know what, what was
9: yours. What your dream vampire?
4: I almost don't want to describe my dream because I feel like it's almost too disturbing.
9: I was so impressed with my mind, though. Did you look up this one? I'm like, wow, you made some really cool things. I
4: I had... Yeah, totally. I had... And I know that we're talking about our own dreams, which typically is the most boring thing ever. I have to tell you, though, I had one of the most detailed and rendered dreams I have ever had in my life last night. And it was a conflation of a couple things. It was I Am Legend. It was a conversation I had had with Aaron... About the use of music and films, and it was some of the news stories from the last couple of days all merged into one. For the first time in my head too, the dream I had last night had a full score underneath it, and it was a a known song.
9: Was it the song from Requiem for a Dream? It wasn't. I
4: almost, I have the song here with me, and I have toyed all morning with whether to sort of give a brief description of my dream last night, because it was. It was like watching a film that had been just immaculately produced and shot and and, and, and produced, you know, and edited down. Uh, it, but it's just so... I almost don't want to do it because I don't want to put it in the... I, I don't want to put the dream I had last night in everybody's head. So I'm going to have to think about it. I, I really am, and I'm not trying to be like a teasy thing. Just, I'm not trying to like dangle it out there like, Should I tell or should I not? Call now. It's just that the dream I had, and I even brought the song in with me today so I could play a little bit of it and tell you what the dream was, but it was so disturbing that I woke up this morning at like about 6 a.m. and I could not get back to sleep. I've been up since 6 because the dream freaked me out
9: so badly. Me too, and I had one of those things too where I had this horrible dream and I woke up in the middle of the night like Muppet was making some noise, so I put him in his bed, and I fell back asleep, and I continued with the same Uh. dream.
8: Uh, uh,
1: uh, all right. Well, I'll think and, on it.
9: Okay, let me just tell you that Aaron just wrote me and he's like, okay, this is going to sound made up. However, I too had a weird ass, epic, disaster style dream last night. And my dream was that my job, while a massive thunderstorm hit Portland, the lights were flickering on and off. Then, as I walked to my window to watch the storm, a tidal wave flooded Portland. They just kept hammering the buildings. And in my Uh-oh. dream, I 100 percent felt the buildings shake.
1: Something in the mist.
8: It took John
9: Lee. We have got to sponsor a happy movie. Seriously. Okay, let me cheer
4: everybody up with this story. Two brothers who worked together as window washers plunged 47 stories yesterday morning with their scaffold from the roof of an Upper East Side apartment building. One was cut in half by a wooden fence in the alley below, and the other was gravely injured. The cause had not been determined, but it appeared that, you'll never guess, mechanical failure lay behind the 47-story plunge. Investigators said the two workers were not tethered to safety harnesses as required, and that motorized cables were not properly anchored to the top of the roof. The men had been washing windows at the tower for many years. There you go. All right. Um, well, Jesus. All right, so uh, real quickly, let me read something Uh, This is something sort of cheerful uh, for the Zeppelin fans in the house. I have here the set list from yesterday's Zeppelin show, uh, which is at London's O2 Arena. Uh, This is the complete set list from the Led Zeppelin show that happened yesterday in London, for which there are rave reviews, and I know Tim will have more about that. The set list is as follows. Good times, bad times, Ramble On, Black Dog, In My Time of Dying, Uh, one of my favorite songs of all time, Uh, Your Life, uh, that's For Your Life, actually, is the full title of that. trampled Underfoot, Nobody's Fault But Mine, another great song, No Quarter, Since I've Been Loving You, Days of Confused, Stairway to Heaven, The Song Remains the Same, Misty Mountain Hop, Cashmere, Whole lot of Love, and Rock and Roll. So that is the set list from last night's uh, Zeppelin show, which will almost certainly be put out, a, put out as a DVD and everything, and uh, probably with the obligatory money-grubbing tour to follow. So there you go. All right, Bob Costantini coming up, and if that doesn't put a smile on your face, then you are dead inside. Later on, Steve Kastenbaum and uh, your phone calls and all that. You said it's the Rick Emerson. We'll wins the Golden Compass prize pack, and you are selfishly keeping the animal How from his child. How many
9: prize packs do we have? I'm just saying, I think it's unfair to give one prize pack with an animal and all the rest of them without. No, this is the only
4: prize pack. This is the only Golden Compass prize pack that child will ever win. Fine, I can Richie? Conflict? No,
9: he doesn't have to take it right now.
4: <laughs> Richie, tell him to pick up the animal. Tell him to pick up the Golden Compass pack at the end of the day, so that Sarah may have one, one precious day. With a small stuffed polar bear I made in China that, no but with lead.
9: that you would call me out and actually take it away from me and then guilt me. Into I'm it not because, taking it away. No, you're guilting in It's like, oh, you're taking something from a child. If it was never the child to begin with, how am I taking it from it?
4: <laughs> okay. If you really want to dig in your moral heels on taking no. something from a child. No, because
9: then I'm going to get people calling in. Yes, you will. Yes. All right. Um.
0: Costantini. hello, sir. Uh, hello, Rick. How are, oh, how are you? How are you, my friend? A good day to all of you. Yes, indeed.
4: Have you seen the movie Golden
0: Compass, Bob? Uh, not yet. Uh, not do, yet. Do you plan on seeing the Golden Compass? Um, possibly not. Um, <laughs> no, I. That's fine. So, uh, I don't plan on seeing it ever. Uh, we we get to uh, we we have to be selective what movies we get to see. We don't have young children anymore, so. Um,
4: so this is now. Why must you be selective about the movies you see? Do you just is it an issue of limited
0: free time or? It's an issue of putting kids through college. Oh, I see. All right, fair <laughs> enough.
4: And movie those movie prices they are outrageous these days, Bob. I want all of you to see.
0: Feel sorry for me, really. What is the last film you saw in the cinema, Bob? The last film. Oh goodness, now you put me on the spot here. I'm trying to at remember at your
4: local movie your local movie house.
0: What is the oh, last? the Harry Potter film? Uh, uh, Order think, the Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, yes.
4: Yes, all right. Uh, wait, is it Order of the Phoenix? Was that the last? Because I didn't see uh, whichever it Whichever yeah. was. Okay, yeah, Order of the Phoenix. All right, did you enjoy it? Oh, yes. All yes. right. Uh, one final film question, then we'll move on to the sure. issues of the day, as Gene Burns used to say. Uh, what is uh, one of your top ten films of all time?
0: Well, of course, most guys like The Godfather. I knew you were going to say The Godfather.
4: Well done, my friend. I would also guess that perhaps all the President's Men would be on there.
0: Um, uh, it, was, it was interesting, yes.
4: Yeah. Interesting. All right. Interesting. Fair enough.
0: Yeah. Uh, do you prefer Godfather or Godfather Two? I prefer the, the original Godfather. All right. Excellent.
4: All right. You're a good man, Bob Costello. <laughs> all
0: right. Let's uh, to touch back on this,
4: speaking of all things political. let to touch back on this issue of the CIA and these tapes and the whatever. I had a question, and this is really kind of a side issue, I guess, but, but maybe not. There's all of this business about this interrogation footage that people started asking about and then, like, immediately the CIA kind of went, like, look over there. And, you know, while nobody was looking, they just then, like, shredded all the stuff or destroyed it. When they say things like tapes... This might seem like a minor point, but this isn't actually like, a, like a, a video camera with like a VHS tape from Kmart. I mean, this is... We don't know. Is, is, that's the thing is, do we, even, do we even know? And I think the reason I ask that is because if this is some sort of computerized recording or if it's going on a hard drive somewhere, doesn't that increase the likelihood that it probably is still floating around if there's a copy of it and it's going to surface at some point anyway? Uh,
0: this we don't know, and frankly, I'm not sure... If we will ever necessarily find out, we keep calling it uh, video tapes. Uh, but you're right. I mean, in, in this day and age, you can record something and put it on a hard drive. And if the if the possibility, <clears throat> excuse me, that this was put on a hard drive, uh, might increase the likelihood that it could that something could still be floating out there as far as copies are concerned. Um, but uh, everyone keeps saying tapes, so uh, we just don't know. They keep saying recordings were destroyed um and that sort of thing now in this case if you had a uh a recording such as this on a hard drive you would probably take out the hard drive and smash it so um, which some people you know do in these kinds of things
4: so here's a dumb question but in terms of something like this i mean can you really can you put the cia can you can you subpoena them or put them in front of congress <laughs> and demand this or can the cia literally just go well national security no and then just decline to answer stuff
0: Well, these things uh, tend to get uh, battled out between uh, the White House and Capitol Hill, as we've seen with, uh, uh, you know, with the Mukasey nomination and uh, uh, certain things, uh, uh, you know, this whole torture issue, what constitutes torture, what is the, uh, you know, what is the uh, the warrantless wiretap program, um, that kind of thing. The battle keeps going on between uh, Capitol Hill and the White House about how how much you can compel the administration to come testify about certain things so it's uh, uh, that's a that's a much greater question for the uh, supreme court and all that
4: all right my friend uh, are you on uh, tomorrow
0: uh, i i i the lisa i think is back tomorrow
4: all right well I'll be around uh, we will uh, we will speak to you then at some point in the future until then uh enjoy enjoy your life and all things my up.
0: pleasure rick you uh, too bob cost anything
4: thank you a man a legend
9: It. I think we should fly Lisa and Bob out. Together? Yeah, just didn't, Don't you have think, him come hang out with us. I, I want to meet Bob.
4: I know, but, I, oh, you mean just have to do a public thing or just to be in the studio?
9: No, just to hang out.
4: I was going to say, I, I would almost, I would kind of feel bad for Bob, though. Not that Bob isn't great in love, but there's such a cult of personality around Lisa that I almost feel like it would be unfair. I feel like Bob would be uh, overshadowed, not by Lisa as such, but just because there is this sort of weird fan—well, not weird, but you know what I mean. There's, there, there's, a, there's a large fan worship of her, um, and I think that um, I think it might be more pronounced than the fan worship of Bob. Uh, and so I, I would I would feel bad. He feel he might feel sort of uh, he might feel in her shadow. So right, well, it's worth it's worth considering anyway. Uh let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see, Somebody sending me an email about... Well, here's another one. How about this? This is from Mailman Chris. Hey, Shauna had a bad dream last night that she wouldn't tell me, that she wouldn't describe, and I, too, had a sprawling two-part adventure nightmare. Maybe we all caught malaria. I'm telling you, man, that movie, it's, it, 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 I Am Legend, is not perfect, but it's re- when it's good, it's really good. Uh, and it's I never was in, bad. I was
9: in dread, like that feeling of dread the entire time. I saw your face too. Oh yeah. Like, oh, they were, were never
4: sitting next to each other. And there were moments where you're just like, oh God, oh, come on.
9: Until you was telling me to stop covering my face. And then, I
4: looked over you. Uh, I wasn't going to mention this, so I'm glad you just did it because no, you I were do. covering your face. No, but I, I'm looking
9: actually. I was scared. I know. I'm not. It was scary. Rick
4: Emerson isn't knocking you. I'm just saying. No. I especially know
9: that. that first part in the warehouse.
4: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not I knocking was, it. It was a freaky movie. i
9: overwhelmed with dread. Yeah. It was. And they're. All, hmm. And as you noted. Like, I wish I could unsee that.
4: They were. They were. They did that whole James Cameron Aliens thing, too, where it was not just the dread. It was like uh, the sound. The sounds and the soundscape and how they give the creature a very distinct, almost metallic scraping sound. And so it's like an. And you're all.
9: Oh yeah, and it was so loud too. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot it was of it. Pretty loud. Yeah, some of it wasn't so much what was going on the screen as it was you're deafened by yeah. all the sound. I just,
4: I, I, so I'm I was really... telling you was
9: covering his face too because he's making fun of me, and I looked over and he kept pretending to scratch his nose. And
4: I don't do that. I don't, uh, you know, I don't cover my eyes, but I will do the thing where I notice my body language, like my leg is all like pulled up to my chest, and I'm like, okay. And you know, people can call me a pussy all they want. It was a freaky film. It really was. Um, and it was never. There were no moments in that film that were really bad. Uh, there were moments that were good. There were a few moments that were great. Uh, and just the epic size and scope and scale of that movie, um, you know, and, uh, and I, I said, we, I'm really reluctant to talk about it anymore because I don't want to ruin the experience for anybody, but it's, um, it really is. And this is the thing that, um, and then I'll, and then I'll shut up about it because it's, I know we're talking about a movie that like less than point zero 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 one percent of the people in Portland have seen so far. Um, the thing that Chris and Scott and and uh, 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 and, and Aaron and and all that we were all talking about this last night is it, you, I Am Legend is great, and it even more though whets my appetite for that World War Z movie if they do that right because it, World War Z because every I Am Legend the book by Richard Matheson is really responsible for most of the zombie things of today. Um, uh, you know, because World War Z is very much like I Am Legend, but of course I Am Legend came 50 years first, and it's the same thing about it. an infection going through the population kills almost everybody, you know and the people left behind are mutated or weird or zombies or vampires or something and then there's a small band of people that have to fight them off and it's, you know, that's basically the plot of World War Z and that all kind of comes from Richard Matheson, so and it's kind of the same thing about Cities in chaos and panic, and there's that whole fantastic gripping sequence with his family at the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, oh, that was, it's just, it's a really powerful film. And so, what we'll do here is we will talk to, um, Steve Kastenbaum here in a second, and then, uh, maybe going into the break, I will describe this briefly, this dream that I had last night. I going to tell
9: you, I, Scott Deli and I went out too after last night. <clears throat> I took him out on the town. I took him out to the Hawthorne District. Really? Mm-hmm.
4: Was this the uh, get Scott Daly a social life plan?
9: And I think it worked.
4: Really? Yeah. And by worked, you mean?
9: I'll I'll tell you, I'll tell you about it after this. Fantastic. Thank you. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from
4: New York City. Steve up Hello, sir. How are you? I am dandy. How's your life? How are things?
10: Doing
11: pretty good. Busy day today. Uh,
4: yeah. Well, let's uh, well let's get this. I don't mean get this out of the way in the sense that it's unimportant. But let me. I mean, I want to address something right here. So this is. Before we talk about I Am Legend, which is filmed in your fine city, um, so this correct me if I'm wrong. So this this thing about the New York Philharmonic, what is it? They have asked or they have been invited to go to North Korea?
11: They were invited by the Ministry of Culture, which sounds like something right out of uh, 1984.
4: I totally want to be the Minister of Culture. I'm going to demand that CBS give me that title the next time my contract's up.
11: And I about the Ministry of Double Speak. Yeah, but, so, uh, exactly. Anyway, the Ministry of Culture in North Korea invited. Uh, the New York Philharmonic back in August to uh, play a concert there, and so the uh, folks from the New York Philharmonic checked with the State Department. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of diplomats uh, went back and forth on this. Figured out it would be a good idea if they did. The the president and director of the New York Philharmonic visited uh, North Korea recently. Scouted out some potential venues. Bottom line is they decided on a visit. They're going to go to uh, North Korea during an Asian tour. And in February, they will play a concert in Pyongyang, the capital of North Korea. They will also um, have an opportunity to give some uh, rehearsal concerts to students, and they'll give some lessons to master musicians in North Korea. Uh, A lot of folks are viewing this, though, as something similar or akin to the ping-pong diplomacy during the Nixon administration with China. Yeah, and it,
4: it is weird because one does have images of... Uh, North Korea, which are maybe not wholly inaccurate, but uh, these sort of exaggerated media images of North Korea just being this evil gulag of a place where it's like you go and you're never heard from again. But of course, if you have any sort of profile, uh, that probably isn't a worry. Is this so? I mean, is this dumb question? But is this like a North Korean effort to look uh, less scary?
11: It could be. Uh, a lot of analysts believe this is North Korea signaling uh... to the rest of the world uh, that there is an opening now uh, for an opportunity. To, to meet with the Western nations and see if they could find some common ground and, and warm relations somewhat. I mean, you know, North Korean leaders, while the rest of their, their, uh, their nation's uh, citizens really have no clue what's going on in the world outside of North Korea, their leaders know what's going on in their neighboring countries, and they can see the prosperity that's been taking place there in, past, in the past decades, especially with China. And they've got to be thinking to themselves, you know what, we can't uh, seal ourselves off from the West anymore. We have to start opening up. So perhaps this is the beginning of that move.
4: Do we allow North Korean, uh, or rather, do they allow, are North Korean musicians allowed to come uh, to America, or is there a fear that once they're here, they're going to, like, jump ship and defect?
11: We have cultural uh, exchanges with them. We, we open ourselves up to that. They, don't, they, they rarely let their, their citizenry travel outside of the country, let alone to the U.S., uh, you, you really have to be connected and within that diplomatic core to be able to, to, to leave North Korea if you are a citizen. Uh, you really have to be uh, very trusted in order to do that. And, of course, if you're in this orchestra, even though uh, all the members of the orchestra are okay with this and they see this as a great opportunity to, to create partnerships and, and, and openness through music, some of them have to be thinking in the back of their head about all the stories in the past about Japanese movie stars being kidnapped, and kept in captivity in North Korea and sort of brainwashed. Even though this will be a highly publicized trip and the world's press corps will be following them at every step of the way, somebody's got to be thinking about that in the back of their head.
4: Absolutely. Uh, all right, well, let's talk about uh, I Am Legend, which we were fortunate enough to see the premiere for last night.
11: Oh, I haven't seen it, so don't give away the whole thing. No, no, no. But, but we, was it really good? This is spoiler-free. Oh, spoiler we are
4: spoiler-free on this program. Great. Um, so we typically don't ever say anything that hasn't been uh, in a trailer. Okay, um, So, you know, the general gist is the, the last man on Earth is not alone. And the uh, the opening... I would say, man, the opening probably 45 minutes of this film are as beautiful in a sort of harrowing way, uh, and as just as darkly uh, wonderful as as anything I've seen recently. Um, it's not a secret, of course, that the, you know this takes place in Manhattan uh, after a sort of plague has wiped out humanity. And just, and not even living there, just having been there, and, you know, you're familiar with it from the media, just in shots of, of Times Square, and you just see the Flatiron building, and just all and you know, the Chrysler uh, building, and all these, totally, not just deserted, but deserted and overgrown and run down, because the theory is, you know, it's, it's three years after humanity is wiped out, mm-hmm. and they really must have gone out and, and talked to, you know, botanists and, and zoologists and whatever and said, like, look, how long would it take for things to start really falling apart? And so you see a, a Manhattan that is overgrown with foliage and and, uh, uh, and wildlife and really just reverting back into its natural primordial state. And it really is very gripping and beautiful, but in a, in a sort of horrible way.
11: You know, I like, you know what movie I liked like that? Because you saw New York, but it really obviously was not done anywhere near as good as this. Remember Escape from New York?
4: Yeah, absolutely.
11: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: Same, the same sort of thing where it's just reverting back into, into the primitive era. And, you know, this is really just it's Manhattan becoming a jungle, literally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, complete with packs of elk or whatever that are running through Times Square. And there's a, a sequence where Will Smith is hunting. Uh, and he is, you know, hunting these animals through, you know, I think at one point right past the Flatiron Building. And it's it really is just amazing. Um, there are some sequences that are really haunting and, and disturbing. And uh, there's a little bit of action. and But most of it is... is Weird as this sounds, is is a character study, and it is him a little bit like uh, it's a little bit like like Tom Hanks in Cast Away, where it's it's just you know it's it's a guy who is all by himself trying not to go crazy, and um, there are some flashbacks to when the epidemic is spreading across America, that, and that they take place in Manhattan that are just that are unbelievably powerful. And I actually wish the film had more of those. I will get the DVD when it comes out just to see more of. The fall of Manhattan because it's it really is horrifying and wonderful.
11: That's the that's one of the scenes that I got to watch being uh, filmed. I was uh, down at the Brooklyn Bridge when they're doing like evacuations. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was down there
6: for that. That was pretty
11: cool.
4: It really is great. And uh I won't give anything away beyond that, but uh but I wish my only complaint about the film really is that I wish it was longer. Uh it was a 2-hour film, uh but I could have taken another 45 minutes, absolutely. I, I do wish there had been more. So I'll I'll absolutely see that uh when it comes on DVD just cuz I want to see a longer in-depth version of it. It was it was really a great film.
11: Now, this is kind of similar to a movie that came out recently that that I thought was 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 fun, but a lot of people didn't like it. Uh, 28 Days... I love 28 movie. Days Later. 28 Days Later, that was it,
4: yeah. It's very similar in a lot of ways to 28 Days Later, and of course... Minus
9: it's... the soundtrack, I think that's one of the strong points of 28 Days Later.
4: Absolutely, it has that weird Godspeed you, Black Emperor, mm-hmm. uh, sound the score for 28 Days Later, which is all that weird dissonant, out-of-tune stuff. Um, Sarah and I were talking about this during the break. I was noting that... This is a weird lineage to follow, but I was noting that um, I Am Legend, it reminded me a lot of this book, I just read World War Z, um, which is a a dead serious book, Um, it's written absolutely serious, it is an oral history of the so-called zombie war, which is about a an epidemic that sweeps through humanity and kills people, but then brings them back to life as you know as these sort of very you know, these you know, horrible murderous undead creatures, like Twenty Eight Days Later, um, and the, the, he he chronicles the fall of humanity and how the cities fall into decay and the evacuation and the panic. But in turn, all of those zombie films, Twenty Eight Days Later, Twenty Eight Weeks Later, Night of the Living Dead they all trace back to the original novel, I Am Legend, by Richard Matheson from the, from the 50s. He really created not just a new type of science fiction, um, but he really created the, the zombie genre long before even George Romero. Uh, Richard, I Am Legend, the novel, it really is directly responsible for 28 Days Later. All of that also, at the risk of just sitting and being a book a book wank, um, he also, Richard Matheson was the first science fiction writer to have as an element of his novels scientific explanations for supernatural things. In other words, if you read the book I Am Legend, he describes the virus and he gives, you know, in his novel anyway, scientific explanations as to how humans affected with this grow fangs, become averse to sunlight, garlic, you know, whatever. And so cool. he, he tried to make it scarier by making it scientifically sort of plausible, kind of like a Michael Crichton sort of a thing.
11: Cool. To, I should read the book before I see the movie. Now. It's great.
4: Um, they're very different from each other, but the but the movie is good. I I really do strongly recommend it. So uh, cool. it's pretty pretty damn great. Um,
11: we got one other story here today. Yes. Way. What yes. is? What I'll make you? it fast. Everybody is up in arms about uh, airport delays and airline delays. Have you been following this one? Yes. Yeah. Oh, they're just unbearable here in the Northeast now, and and so. Uh, the uh, and there has been another close call. This one in the air uh, that we're just getting word of that happened yesterday uh, between a, a commuter plane and a, and, um, a corporate jet uh, somewhere uh, between uh, Virginia and Charlotte. So everybody's up in arms about this. And meanwhile, the Department of Transportation tomorrow, I mean next week, is supposed to announce that they're going to limit flights at Kennedy Airport uh-huh. to, to sort of you know ease the delays. Everybody is up in arms about this because they're saying that is just not the solution. All that does is uh you know make make the other flights more costly because this there'll be fewer seats, the demand will still be there and uh we'll have less of a choice and have to pay more for it. And so everybody's going crazy here. Uh, you've got the airline industry saying, we can pack many more planes into, <laughs> the, into the system here if the FAA would just update our antiquated 20-year-old air traffic control system. And then you've got the air traffic controllers saying, yeah, you can do that, and that might be, enable us to put more planes in the sky, but that doesn't do anything about the fact that we are at capacity on the ground already at our area airports. And I don't know if you've ever sat in the tarmac at LaGuardia Airport. It is it is as close an experience to actually being in hell as you can as you can experience here on Earth. Because
4: I actually have experienced that once and one time only, and I hope to never experience it again.
11: They are just, they, the air traffic controllers are right, because we all experience this flying out of here. You get in a plane, it pulls away from the tarmac, and minimum of waiting around for 40 minutes before you can take off. And it's because there's just no more room on the ground uh. for any more planes, and they only have two runways at LaGuardia. They have about a thousand flights a day, and have a plane on a good day, on a, on a clear weather day, taking off every two minutes. Damn! Can you imagine that? that is, you
4: know what? That's going to be a whole lot of people wanting to punch other people come Christmas time.
11: I've had I've had pilots come on the PA system talk, say we're delayed here, and folks, the only way this sort of thing's going to end uh, is if you call your congressman and senator and tell them to do something about it. The pilots are frustrated too. So anyway, the, the FAA. Uh, is supposed to make this announcement and and a lot of people are not happy about it. God
4: bless us, everyone. Yes. All right. Well, there you go. Note to self, stay away from the East Coast this holiday season. All Definitely. Right. All right, my friend. As always, a pleasure. We will talk to you soon.
11: Thanks
8: a
4: lot. So go. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. All right.
9: I'm going to give our little Aaron a shout-out. He just uh, did a blog on, uh, on com mm. about I Am Legend. It is a fantastic, spoiler-free review. Okay, so if you want to it read... It is a... great. And it is spoiler-free? Spoiler-free, and it uh, gives away absolutely nothing.
4: So if you want to read a great review of I Am Legend, go to geekinthecity.com, where you can also find out about the project to rename 42nd Street of Douglas Adams and so forth.
9: Let's see your dream there, champ.
4: <sighs> All right. Tim, do you mind if I talk about my really disturbing dream? Should I leave? Would you rather not be in the room? Let me fill up my coffee cup, and I'll be back in a few minutes. I really am trying to be sensitive. I don't want to put this in anybody's head. We can head. play
9: something while you get your coffee. Why don't you find, and can you do this? Can, can
4: you find something happy? Like this? Find if I was. I'm working
8: overtime because I want to take my
4: family no. on a nice vacation. Soon they get a call telling them I was killed. In that wasn't really what I was thinking. <laughs> but hey, I'm wearing a busted harness here.
8: And the company shouldn't check those tanks. <laughs>
4: I'm sorry, is it wrong that I'm laughing at that?
8: Ron, get
9: some help.
4: I don't think he needs help, pal.
9: Yeah, that's true. Help yeah. isn't the right word. Help's not gonna.
4: Somebody get a coffee can. Uh, do you have an amusing, like a, an amusing song we can play into the break? Because I'm going to describe the dream, and the dream I'm going to play the music underneath it too that I had in the dream, and it's really dark. And then we'll need something to cheer everybody up.
9: Okay, I'll I'll find... All right,
4: I'm giving everybody fair warning now. I'm going to describe a dream that I had last night following I Am Legend and a lot of... uh, and just being subjected to news all day. The dream I'm about to describe, I will not give graphic or off-putting details, but the dream that I had last night was disturbing, and I want to give you fair warning about that. So just, I don't want any complaints about, like, your show took a... Way to be a buzzkill. So it's going to be, like, 90 seconds, probably, me talking about this dream... Then we'll move on and we'll be happy once again. So I don't. Okay, want, I gotta get fun. Okay, I don't want there to be any complaints when I describe the dream because you know I just talk just about it. I'm about
9: the soundtrack.
4: And it was. And this, I will say this: it was um, it was a dream that looked just like a film, and people say that a lot. And I don't typically have those dreams. Um, Absolutely,
9: that's exactly what mine looked like. Last it was
4: time. all shot. It was like it was shot from a crane. It was like an aerial view looking down, just like yours. Me
9: too. That's
4: so. Weird. And it was in full color. Dark palette, but a full color dream.
9: I was high contrast. Yeah, and The my, colors
4: were very rich. Lots of black and white mm-hmm. in mine. Uh, and then uh, it had a soundtrack to it. It had, and I could hear it—the song in my head playing full surround sound in the dream. So here's the dream that I had last night. And I, by way of a preface, I'll say that it was a conflation of three things: I am Legend, which has an era, era, an aura of dread around it, and and some, you know, some gunplay. Um, A discussion that I had with Jason Crump and Aaron Duran a while back about films and songs and soundtracks. And a couple of the news stories we've had over the last few days all merged together into my dream last night. So the dream was that I was sort of, again, like a bird's eye view, not in the action, but a bird's eye view of, this is so disturbing, um, it was a bird's eye view of a school shooting. Ooh. And, but there was, it was, it looked like a film because it was all in like slow motion. And, um, the, and, okay. the, and the sound effects like gunfire and stuff were there, but it was very low in the dream, mixed very low. So I could sort of hear them, but they were kind of in the background. So, but here's the creepy thing about it. So the school shooting dream I had last night, which I think is from these news stories we've had, like the church shooting and the mall shooting mixed with this action film I saw last night. So it's a school shooting, but in the dream, it's school shooters and they're, you know, let's just, we'll leave it at this. We'll say that they're sort of obviously outcast misfit types. Mm -hmm. Not the stereotype, we'll leave it at that. But in the dream, there wasn't two of them. There were like 30 of them. And it was this slow motion crane shot of this clearly like orchestrated, coordinated like school rampage by like 30 school shooters. So it's all playing in slow motion, like this whole, like, attack on the school. And then for, I think, the first time ever, I had a soundtrack playing underneath it. So, and I brought this song in with you, uh, in with me. And then we're going to play something happy and never talk about this again. But people have been asking about it. So as this, like, slow motion cinematic, like, mass school shooting by, like, 30 people is happening. So this is the song. I told you.
9: Well, you've expressed interest in putting this And
4: Aaron and I had talked the other day uh, at uh, at his wife's art show about this, about this song. Uh, let me oh, and it the... was an aerial view of the 30 And gentlemen. so, yeah, so as I'm listening to this up. song, and this song is playing in the soundtrack... Um, and it's like a slow-motion aerial view. I
9: can picture it. I can
4: see Of, it. like, all this gunfire happening in the school. And, again, it's like 30 kids doing it. And it's like one of those things in the dream where you somehow know stuff without knowing how you know it. And in my head, like, in the dream, I somehow knew that it was, like, this well-planned, like, orchestrated attack that was being carried out or whatever. This part is what we're playing. Okay. Okay, how creepy is that?
9: You know, this song kind of flashed through my mind when you were talking about a song and it wasn't the Requiem for a Dream song.
4: Yeah. So there you go. That was my dream last night. Thanks, Will Smith. Thanks for that. Happy song? Jesus. Yeah, can we go to the break with something happy? Ah, look at you. Sarah, you rock my world. No, wait. Is that it? Is that the right quote? Which one? Janet, you rock my world that what he says? What does he say to her at the... At, what does Matt Dillon says to Bridget Fonda? Janet. I think he says, you well, rock my world.
9: In the elevator, he's like, I really like your hat. I don't mean that in any kind of way.
4: Yeah. Back after this with the news out.
9: The
4: I'm a student, uh,
8: Sit me a napkin, and now let's start. name or a dog?
4: Gentlemen, he is your new god. He's Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM
3: 970 Solid State Radio. And now from the
1: Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Alex Trebek has had a mild heart attack. The host of Jeopardy, as at Cedars Sinai, he's expected to remain there two days for tests and observations. Thankfully, it was a minor heart attack, says the Jeopardy website. He was born in Canada and he's hosted the show since 1984. Trebek uh, escaped a car crash unhurt in 2004 when he fell asleep in the wheel and sideswiped a string of mailboxes, according to the CHP. Uh, it left his car in a ditch. It happened in the town of Templeton. I'm sorry, the
4: correct answer is thrombosis.
1: So if you want to see a. I posted something
4: that's. Yes? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just. These jokes are all getting no response. Oh, you know what? Because you don't sound like Alex Trebek. Uh well thanks
9: that was funny thanks.
8: <laughs> it's because
4: you're not funny rick if only there was some humor in your observations we might re- we might reward you with a good fall. I you're
9: doing impression. i'm
4: not i can't i can't do voices i can't uh, i am no good at doing voices so I was well, that was to, a very good attempt at doing Alistair. i was trying to do like a little mannerism which is basically just me getting right on the mic and talking uh, softly i'm sorry the correct answer was tijuana now, see, I don't sound... that Alex No, No. Shut up! <laughs> fine. Fine. All right. So you have posted uh, some real naughty things that aren't safe for work. So this is... And I've seen these a long time ago, and then I realized, as you said, if I edited them, there'd be nothing left. So we can't play them on the air. But go to RileyLive.com, and you will see some truly Burgundy-esque... Jeopardy outtakes of Alex Trebek swearing like a bastard.
9: Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to see those. You have them there?
4: Yes, but don't play them on the air. Yeah, please don't play them on the <laughs> just air. Play in full accidentally or otherwise. Oh. Yeah, they are full of uh, relentless profanity it's from one. It's just like Ron Burgundy. It even worse. <laughs> really the Same hair, too. Uh, so, yeah, go to RileyLive.com. R I L E R-I-L-E-Y-L-I-V-E, Y L I V E. RileyLive.com to see Alex Trebek. Uncut. Swearing. Yeah. Uh, Dick Clark is coming back.
1: He's uh, It's mm-hmm. Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve. Live from Times Square, uh, it's uh, it's uh, New Year's Eve, as a matter of fact. It, it'll uh, be in New York, and they're going to have the Jonas Brothers, while Akin, Fergie, Natasha Benchfield will join in from Hollywood. Yes, it'll once again be hosted by Ryan Seacrest. And they'll also have uh, Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus, and American Idol winner Carrie Underwood. This marks Seacrest's third straight appearance on the show.
4: <laughs> Couldn't you sound less interested in, in Ryan Seacrest and what he does? It's about... Around the time I choose to go to bed. Well, you know that you know what Ryan Seacrest does have though. Um, he has that one indispensable ingredient for American success. He is completely and totally bland. Man. Yeah, exactly. That's, we said the same word exactly. Mediocre. American vanilla. He is, as a friend of mine says, for something to succeed in America, it must have an air of mediocrity. And Ryan Seacrest has just got that in spades. He is just. I mean, I thought, like, Pat Sajak was bland, but he... Pat Sajak, uh, I mean, he looks like... He looks like Charo uh, compared to Ryan Seacrest. I mean, Ryan Seacrest is so unbelievably, completely... Uh, uh, I mean, he's just, like, uninteresting in a whole new way. Like, he takes regular uninteresting and just it adds a little spice to it. Um, and so, therefore, he's given a job hosting everything everywhere. No,
1: so, let's get back to... uh, uh what? Let's get back
4: Oh... I had a little
1: geek thing here, but I'm going to save it for later. Okay. Let me tell you about the... uh, Another pedestrian that has been hit by the Vax tracks, and I saw pictures of it. His disposable lighter and pack of Marlboros was scattered all over the tracks. Uh, This happened at the Blue Line near 122nd Avenue. Apparently, uh, let's see... Oh, the man was walking unsteadily. He apparently bumped into a pole and fell onto the tracks as
4: the train was approaching. Perhaps after enjoying his beverage of choice. Kind of like a Roadrunner movie. Uh, He
1: was taken to the hospital with serious injuries. So he lost his cigarettes and his lighter. Meanwhile, a car crashed into a fire hydrant in northeast early this morning, turning the road into an icy mess. As water gushed onto the street, it caused a trek to slide into a nearby embankment. One person taken to the hospital. Uh, let's see, no damage to the water main, though. The driver's name was not yet released. Oh, we also have uh, US 30 is closed. We're Five miles outside of Claskeney. That's supposed to be important. I guess if you live in Claskeney, I don't even know where that is. I don't, I was
4: just going to say, I have no idea where Claskeney is. It says is.
1: it is at the junction of Highway 30 and 47, wherever that
4: is. I have no idea.
1: Okay, so if you live there, move to someplace that matters. Meanwhile, the uh, storm ravaged the Northwest is uh, getting visits from insurance companies. Homes and businesses are beginning to file insurance claims, and it could come to $24.5 million. That includes damage to 355 homes and 42 businesses. Uh, homeowners' associate, uh, insurance covers mostly wind damage, but coverage for flooding, earthquakes, and landslides typically recovers separate policies. So if you didn't have uh, flood insurance, you may be out of luck, which would be too bad. A uh, Port, uh, Portland paramedic has been arrested on sex abuse charges, and he's the grossest-looking fellow. <laughs>
4: After oh, alleged, I have to come see. Oh, and I'll, I'll pop right. his name up here. Anything that's disgusting it immediately requires a trip over to your computer to see. Mm. I'll find the picture. All right, fantastic. Uh, anyway,
1: he's a 61-year-old Lainey Hazard. He was a similar... Uh, apparently, he was investigated last spring. They didn't have enough evidence to bring charges at that time, but now he's been arrested on sex abuse charges after allegedly assaulting a patient
4: during a ride to the hospital oh. over a weekend. Oh, see, that's... And, you know, the thing is, as soon as you said paramedic... Sex and abuse, I knew that's what it was. Mm-hmm. I knew it was like getting these grope on while you're there, unconscious. Or worse, conscious but unable to move or strapped down or restrained in some way. And meanwhile, you know, some guy that looks like Divine is rogering you in the back. The mm-hmm. uh, back of the ambulance, that is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I should have been more specific. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where's the worst place to be rogered? Well, you know.
1: Then I oh, I have this other story about these... Uh, snowboarders, apparently two are driving home from government camp after snowboarding. When the driver of the car begins tailgating them. So the two men pull over and let that car pass. But the other car stopped as well. Then the two men get out of their car and confront the tailgater, who police say they then pulled out again and shot them both. The suspect is a white man in his 40s wearing a baseball cap. Both men were taken to OHSU with serious wounds. Uh, one was life Two nine-year-old boys were traveling with the victims. Both of them were uninjured.
0: Uh, let's see who these uh,
4: people are. Hello, you're on the Rick Humbers. Oh, by the way, Clatskanie. Clatskanie. Sh- sk- 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 is 35 miles west of St. Helens, on the way to Astoria. Who would live there and why? I, mean, I don't have no. I have no idea. So I guess if you're on your way to Haystack Rock, you, you know, go a different Haystack way. Rock. Yeah. All right. Uh, hello, Sir or madam, is the case maybe.
12: Um. Well, uh, first off, the worst place to be, Roger, is in the back of a Volkswagen. Thank you. Um, no, the, I believe the, actually the correct answer might have been what is infarction? Isn't a thrombosis a, uh, a blood clot?
8: You yeah,
4: know, I don't know. I was just kind of throwing it out because it's funny. Because uh, right. thrombosis kind of sounds like throb, so therefore it's amusing. Uh, is an infarction, a myocardial infarction, is that a heart attack?
13: Yes, sir.
12: A oh. deep venal thrombosis would be a. Blood clot. Well, oh, maybe he has that, too. I mean, who knows? Uh, well, it's possible because if you have a uh, deep phenyl thrombosis, your heart rate can accelerate to the point where uh, you finally have a heart attack and then just die. There
4: you go. So one could have started the other.
12: It, it could be a chicken in the egg, yes, of course.
4: Excellent. All right. Thank you.
12: Bye now. Oh, that's a... That's,
1: that's a, a lady hazard.
4: That's a hideous man.
12: Mm-hmm.
4: What, is he, what is he storing fish inside that thing? Mm-hmm. He's got like a full-on pelican gullet there. Yeah. That's no good. Eww. Yeah, imagine... imagine going like to be taken to the hospital by that? Imagine that Andy. thing's grubby fingers groping you. But he's from the coup, too, which makes it even worse. Looking inside you like you're a coin purse. Oh,
8: God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just sorry.
4: It's the first image that came to mind. when yeah. you Show me that guy. Grab us almost <laughs> at the hospital, missy. I'm not... Draft slower. I'm not... Uh, I, I'm not saying he's guilty. I know it's only alleged at this point. I'm yeah. just saying, when I look at that man's picture, in my constitutionally protected opinion, that's exactly what I I just picture him. Um, yes? Well, let's just say, let's just say, wrist deep in trouble. Mm-hmm. Here's Tim Riley.
1: So you must have got your kicker check by now, just like everybody did. Yeah. Tens of thousands of Oregonians got a message from state tax collectors over the weekend. Instead of the kicker check, it's time to pay up. About one hundred and seventy thousand state income tax refunds were reduced or erased to pay off forty two million dollars in debt. These are uh, oh, this is the amount that some people owe the state. So if you owe the state money, you didn't get a check back. You got a bill to pay up. Is that true? So I wonder yeah. if it came up...
4: Same time. I wonder if it came in an envelope that looked like the kicker check. Like, oh, I wonder goodness. if a bunch of people went to the envelope. Om- oh, hooray, my kicker. You know, and then they open it, and oh. then, of course, it's, you know. Because I know that like, we've talked about this before, that, Tim, that you have this thing that is that you don't check mail on Fridays. No, never. It goes back to my original days of radio. <laughs> because why get bad news heading into the weekend? Right, right. It's so it's something I adopted some twenty-something years ago. Yeah, uh, you know, because it, like if you're being done for a bill or if you've been fired or something, you know what? That can wait till Monday morning. And people always want to make your life miserable just before the weekend. Exactly. Just like every company fires people on a Friday, even though you're Stay not supposed to. Stay away from that to. mailbox. Yeah, exactly. You don't need it. So, so the same thing. Uh, so on Fridays, and you know what? It's the same reason I don't answer the phone. Uh, in any, you know, at any time like that, because it's like really, it's like that old thing about if someone's calling you at four in the morning, it's really just because a relative has died, and you can, you know, the, or something you own has, has burned down. Or, or somebody just came into town and they want to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're drunk. Yeah. I'm mean, nah, I'm right outside you. I'm on your front porch. You want to help me, don't you? <laughs> I'm broken down no, by the side really. of the road. That's the other thing. Your phone rings at 4 a.m., dead relative something you own has caught fire, or a friend of yours, their car has broken down in Beaverton, and you need to come pick them up and take them to the Amaco station. So, uh, yeah, so the, the mailboxes, phones, these are all things to stay away from at days or times that are inopportune. So, um, but I can just picture a whole bunch of people going, hey, my kicker check is here, and the, because it looks just like the check, and then they open it and it said, you owe. So, yeah, all right. It, it, even as it, just a side note about the kicker check, um... Just as it stands, it was so weird to get a check from the government giving me money. Yeah, it was weird. I actually, we haven't even cashed it yet. I um, I sat and looked at it for a while, and just kind of went, "Wow." And then I would, and then two or three more times during the night.
9: How big? Like I don't want to know, but no, 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 it's not about the size. Okay.
4: Baby, it's it's not about the size. Size didn't matter to me either. It was was only nine
1: dollars. Because of your properties yeah, you and various holdings. I feel holdings. no
9: sympathy for you though, because if you're getting a nine dollar kicker check, how much money are you bringing in with your little slum, the house things?
4: I'm just you saying. Tenement man. It's a long-term investment. Uh-huh. For your future. <laughs> right. Um, I gotta find that Daddy Warbucks theme from Annie. Um, the um. Let me Tim's new theme. My little slum. <laughs> uh, the.
9: Uh, I don't. Baby's first slum. Uh, I know you buy all those appliances new.
4: Uh-huh. Those water heaters aren't <laughs> held together with duct tape. Anyway, no, I was just going to say it's it's not it's not the size of the kicker check. Really, it's not. Um, it, it is higher than we thought, but it's not about that. And I don't know whether the higher than we thought is good or bad. I I really am unclear about the whole thing. Works, but um, it's just that when is the last time you got a check from the government like giving you money? That never happens. I, I mean, you know, well, I'm getting my tax refund this year, and it's going to be a little dollars. And it's like, I never get a tax refund, ever. It somehow never really works out. It's like I always still owe money somehow, and regardless of how I do it, regardless of what I claim or don't claim or what boxes I'm checking. It's like every year the government still needs, like, you know, they still think, like, look, you still owe us 80 grand. Well, how? I don't know. Just pay it. So... But, but I got no, this. this. This
1: is just the time of the year when you when you suddenly admit it's been another year of unrealized goals.
4: <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody! <laughs>
1: Basically, once Christmas rolls around, those thoughts kind of pop back in your head.
4: Another year, just to make this season especially bright. Another year of thwarted ambitions and failed dreams.
0: <sighs> oh. yeah.
4: Anyway, so I so I we got the check. And then whenever I would, like, go into the kitchen to get something, I would stop and I would look at it and I would go, boy, howdy. And I would just kind of go to the refrigerator and back again. And then we'll cash it and, you know, it'll all, uh, it'll be gone. But, you know, just for the moment, I'm enjoying the fact that the man is paying me for once. I feel like one of those saps that uses his Discover card enough that, like, he gets $4 back in the mail or something in December. Look at, Discover's giving me money! You know, because you've charged, like, 80 grand or something on your card. One of them advertises, they give you freedom. I think it's a Citicorp bank card. They give you freedom? Yeah, it says freedom. Is that like freedom the, when you use this credit. Is, so. is that the card uh-huh. you give to, like, to like people in North Korea? I don't you it. use this enough, you will earn freedom for an hour. Once. Uh, hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
3: Hey, Rick, this is Chuck. Hello. Hey, uh, now watch Tim when I say this. One thing that some unscrupulous landlords do, like my aunt...
4: He's laughing already.
3: ...would be to say, uh, oh, I don't know, buy new appliances... And then you move those into your house, and you take your crappy old refrigerator, it's got avocado, and you give it to your renters, and then you write it off as an investment in your rental property.
4: You seem to know a whole lot about this and how it's done.
12: <laughs> got to go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you could do that, but for the record, when I moved into my new house, it included new appliances. I didn't have to move anything out.
4: Uh, So this is uh, well, here's a question, actually. This one says uh, here's a question for Tim Riley. You are the go to man on all financial questions. Um, I'm not an expert. This says regarding kicker checks. Why is it that people who live in Vancouver and work in Oregon have to pay Oregon income tax but don't get kicker checks? Well, it's because you're being punished for choosing cities poorly. That seems obvious. Yeah, that is a poor choice on your part. <laughs> I mean, really? There, nah. There's freedom of movement in this country. Move <laughs> yeah. across the bridge. It's called U-Haul, friend. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show.
6: Hey, Rick, what's up? It's a buyer's hey, market. Yes. You were talking about uh, North Korea earlier. And yeah. I'm not one to look at people's travel travel photos, but I ended up on some travel blog a few months ago, and I was looking at someone. Someone took a tour. Uh-huh. And the most ama those are the most amazing tour, uh, vacation slash trip photographs I've ever seen in my life. I mean, you talk about, you talk about a strange combination of, you know, government funded, um, mandatory modernization and people that just have nothing.
4: Now, what, what are the photographs of? Are they buildings oh, or people? I, I
6: could, or? Uh, people, I mean, well, basically, at first, they give you a government minder cause, and there are certain things you cannot take pictures of, although the guy that would, Put the pictures on this blog. Took thing, took pictures of things when the miners weren't looking. Excellent. Like at, at like at some uh, there was one of just a, a typical North Korean um, neighborhood, just a bunch of just just dirt huts. But the, the government miners show you an apartment with a supposed internet terminal, but it's not connected. It's <laughs> not connected to anything. Excellent. All, and, just a bunch of
4: wires I, trailing out the back yeah, of nowhere. He took,
6: he took pictures of of eight lane. I'm I'm not kidding. Like six and eight lane boulevards through cities with no cars on them, but they still pay the government person to stand in the middle of the intersection like an old fashioned traffic. Look at director. glorious highway. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. There's no working traffic light, but there's a government person directing no traffic.
4: That is fantastic. And, and
6: the the best thing is if you look at a picture of Pyongyang skyline. Yeah. They 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 there was a big government project amongst many of a of a it's got a, it's like a thousand room hotel. It was never finished. It was meant to. It was meant. It was built because there was going to be a joint South and North Korean Olympics, uh-huh. and they never. They ran out of money. Never finished it. And it's it's at <laughs> it's, least it's, it's like this hundred story pyramid. It's like from a distance, it's an amazing piece of architecture. If you mean to get up close, there's no windows. <laughs> okay,
4: it, that's hilarious. That almost makes oh, me want to go there.
6: And, and the last the last thing is he took a bunch of pictures of the demilitarized zone. Yeah. And they showed the room where they signed the treaty that ended the Korean War. Uh-huh. And they on the little desk where they signed it, there's a picture of – they have a little picture of – You know, not a picture. They have a flag of the, of the U.N. Right. And then they had the actual flag in a glass case uh, that act, was the actual flag that was on that table when they signed it. Uh-huh. But it had been discolored from over the years by the North Korean soldiers supposedly blowing their nose on it.
4: That's wonderful.
6: Oh, it's just great. Oh, and by the way, yeah. uh, a clarification on the kicker check. I heard uh, on the news before we got ours – that uh, residents of Washington that do come over and work in Portland and pay Oregon tax do get a kicker check. They should get one.
4: Oh, so maybe that guy is just a fool and filled out uh, his paperwork correctly. Maybe maybe didn't get
6: one, but uh, uh, I, yeah. I got I got I got mine and bought a car. Excellent, good awesome. for you, sir. Oh, it's bitching. Thank you. All right, later.
9: Bye now. I'm starting so to get jealous morning. of other people's kicker checks because I got you know a, nine dollars. Well, more than nine dollars. <laughs> <that much. laughs> uh,
4: okay. So I would imagine if your kicker check is really small or really big, that's good. If it's really big, it's good because you're getting money back. If it's really small, it's good because apparently the state feels that you have enough money and don't need any more. You've got all the money. You never have enough money. (laughs) This is a
1: capitalist country.
4: (laughs) Unlike North Korea, home of glassless pyramids.
1: Oh, all right. Yeah, that Internet connection goes right to the headphone of the person listening in the basement. (laughs)
4: Exactly. Logging everything you say. (laughs) Just sends it right to Kim jong Il's living room. Um... Yeah, uh, by the way, this is not a thing we'll talk about today because we just going to get on this whole thing. But the next time we talk to Lisa, and then Tim, we'll probably talk to you about this a little bit. Um, so my wife is going to uh, Panama dun, 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 in January. Uh, it, but then sometime in the next 18 months or so, um, she's actually floated the idea of actually going to Russia at some point. Um, see, and I told her that you would have a reaction of either sort of excitement or like don't do it or possibly a mixture of both. Because, I, yeah. yeah, did you go to Russia or to, uh, like, one of the other Eastern Bloc countries?
1: I I, uh, I go right to the border until my relatives said, no, no, no. <laughs> Stop now. Right
4: now. See, and I, I, I'm I, so, I always have said for the longest time, when she would nag me about traveling, I would always say, you know, the only country I really have an interest in is, is sort of, you know, is seeing Russia. But I think a lot of that... There's still a bunch of savages. <laughs> See, and, <laughs> and I wonder, though, if maybe the stuff that I'm interested in If, A, well, I know that I sort of, uh, like a lot of Westerners, I think I over-romanticize the the Soviet, sort of some of the Soviet stuff, you know, the appearance and the artwork and the ritual, and that stuff's probably all gone by now anyway. And it seems to me that maybe since the fall of the Soviet Union, they are probably still in that uh, wash that man right out of my hair phase where they probably have chucked all of the stuff in the Soviet era, and it's not long ago, though, that they started to bring it back and, like, have it on display So it seems like if I go there now, probably the stuff I want to see is all, like, gone. Probably, you know, uh, we don't care about that very much in in this media, in this country,
1: but Russia is a rich country, and they're getting richer again with uh, petro oil dollars. They're building skyscrapers. Really? in, In the Baltic countries, they're actually skyscrapers
4: now, owned by the Russians. Because they're trying to buy their way back into these countries that they freed. Did you uh, read in the New York Times on Sunday the style section about uh, the? Uh, can't believe we're having this conversation about the the the, uh, the daughters of Russian politicians. Uh, they are sort of the Paris Hiltons of the Russian yeah. world, mm-hmm. and they were talking like like Mikhail Gorbachev's granddaughters. Uh, I forget the, you know the whatnot Svetlana you know whatever they're, whatever they're Iliana they are uh, you know apparently the the socialites in Russia because they don 't really have show business as such the socialite girls over there are all the daughters and granddaughters and nieces of Russian politicians, which exactly. is sort of interesting um and it's a it 's a one party state basically yeah. And I do, I do wonder if it's if it's if it's pointless to go because I think that a lot of the things, like I have this really romanticized image of like Red Square and stuff, and I think hmm. that probably all the stuff that I remember about the Soviet Union from growing up, that stuff is probably all gone, and they are probably working so hard to put that behind them still that they haven't come to terms with it, because it'll probably be another twenty-five years before they accept their own past enough to sort of put it on display. So I think awesome. I might be advised to wait on that.
1: You know, if if you go if you go with a reputable. Tour guide company. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't do Russia on my own.
4: Oh, no. God, no. Never. No. <laughs> not without a gun. Right. There,
1: there was a time in between where you could take a chance. You can't anymore. Because even though it's not really communist, it actually is communist. Actually, it's the Russian mafia yeah. running everything.
4: Well, that's the thing, right? Whenever there's a collapse of government, the mob it fills the vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that is traditionally the case. Of course, here in America, obviously, at the turn of the century and up through the 20th century and even now, uh, especially in certain subcultures, uh, when the... Uh, the police system is either inefficient or simply does not respond to the needs of a certain community, the mafia of, you know, I say the mafia, but I mean the mob of whatever extraction immediately rushes in and fills that power vacuum because they are, in a sense, the government for people who don't have a government. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. And, And the mob
1: does have the upper hand because they're controlling their big oil in that part of the world against the big oil that we control on this side. So it's kind of like a new Cold War going on. But it's all over oil and petrodollars. See,
4: I didn't know that. No, just, just, no now...
1: we're trying to put, we put pipelines through some former Soviet countries. That's how we're gaining a power base there. So the Russians are coming in wanting to take back over the countries to run their own pipelines through them. And that's actually
4: what's going on in the world right now. See, and I did not know that a lot of Eastern Bloc countries had oil reserves. That's not a thing I knew. Well, so parts I've... of the old communist countries, like all those fan countries, uh-huh. all those fan countries,
1: Everyone's bickering over who's going to put pipelines through those places. That's where all the oil is right now. Weird. All right.
4: Yeah. Okay. Well, so there you go. So that's this not is too be... much with this. Program. No, I'm just, it's not going to be for a while anyway. She's still got the whole. She's going to do the, the, the whole panel thing next year, and then so this would be probably 2009. Lots of time for me to get out of it. Uh, Maybe they government will a little by then. <laughs> There'll be three or four different governments yeah. by the time I go. Uh, well, let's get a couple of these calls uh, about Alex uh, Trebek. Hello, sir.
12: Hello. Hello you get your off speaker? Yeah.
4: Be sure to something slam the that. phone down several times. Yes, hi.
5: Hey, yeah, real quick. That guy's smoking something about the kickers. I got friends and everybody over here in Vancouver that work over there in Argon. You get a ton of kickers back. got ton of money. ton of money. That guy's smoking drugs.
8: Really? Okay. Ah!
1: <laughs> was that a phone call from Russia? <laughs> That's exactly what you're going to run into. So you might as well visit the coup. It's just like Russia.
4: It's only across the river. <laughs> just watching the many, the many moods of Tim Riley as that phone call on. It was like confusion, then irritation, then hatred, then befuddlement, then just sort of grim resignation. Ah, uh, let's do one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, what's up, Rick? I honestly don't know. How can I help uh, you?
13: Hey, a uh, quick story. Um, yeah. I, I moved back to the Northwest in 2006, and I, I uh, got got my old job. I my another story. <laughs> uh, so I was short on cash, so I asked my employer. I was like, "Hey, can you put me down for one exemption instead of zero? Try and get I'll get more money back." Right. So fast forward a year later, I get a bill in, in, the, in the mail from the Oregon Department of Revenue for like a thousand dollars. I'm like, "How can this be?" So I call and I find out that. Instead of putting me down for one, my employer put me down for ten. <laughs> okay, that so, is
4: funny. I didn't so know this like, call was going to be funny, but it is.
13: So, like, evidently, I have ten kids. Yep. Well, of course. But, 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 uh, this relates to the kicker check because I ended up getting a kicker check. Except it's kind of a uh, kind of a bait and switch thing. Like a little, you know, Oregon's trying to play a little joke on me. They they give me the kicker check, then they inform me that I have to mail it right back to them.
4: The money. Uh, yeah, well, of course. And then, now, and you have to pay. Now, Tim, you, this is a good. The kicker check also is taxable income, is it not? I believe so. You have to declare it, don't you? Yeah, I do believe so. Yeah. So there you go. So even the kicker check, even if you do get to, quote, keep it all, uh, you don't get to keep it all because it is taxable income that one I must have to declare.
13: 9 dollars <laughs> oh. Well, in that case, I'm not declaring <laughs> anything because uh. i going to right
4: back to so. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry for your. Sorry for the cruel <laughs> twist of fortune, sir. Oh, it's
13: fine. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Bye now.
4: I have to pay taxes on this $9. Why I ought to write somebody about this. Uh, hmm. Well, let's take a break, shall we? We'll come back with more of these exciting Alex Trebek calls uh, and whatnot. Uh, Plus, uh, more news from Tim Riley. Somebody sent me the first 21 seconds of the Zeppelin uh, reunion yesterday. I don't know how or why or, like, why it's only 21 seconds, but somebody sent it to me. And it is real. I I just uh, looked at it. So uh, we'll do that when we get back, plus uh, some watches and some whatnots and uh, stuff. Top five coming up later on. And, uh, you know, back after this Rick Emerson show. Stay there.
8: You. Well, if I got again, Got Got all.
4: You heard all week.
1: Well, it's true. If you torture people in basements, you can't hear the screams. The
4: Russians know how to do that. Tim Riley's guide to life. If you torture someone in a basement, no one can hear the screams. So you had a chance to tour a quote Russian torture basement. where well, you just ran out of time that day. Yeah, basically. So many things. Was, there was a Ferris wheel to go to, and there was candy corn. <laughs> torture basement. Well, something had to go. All right. So, like all KGB have...
1: agents torture people in basements across the Europe. Well, of course.
4: It's really, that, I mean, that really is like the. right, I'm not going to say it's their only skill. Uh, but I'm, you know. Well, at the end of World War II, they they raped their way across uh, Europe. Raping oh. raping their way across Europe. They're it, the Russians. They're the Russians. They're coming to your town. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that was the slogan for the final Motley Crue tour. Raping their way across Europe. Well, it's true. <laughs> it's I'm dealing with historic facts. Of course.
1: That's what the Russian get-to-the-world is.
4: <laughs> Wait, is it torture or rape now? Oh. I'm confused. Okay. Hi. Okay. Hi. Uh, and, uh, there you go. Torture. I barely knew her. All right. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh-oh. Rumor has it
1: that Madonna underwent plastic surgery on her eyes this week. Really? Tongues are wagging about this, apparently. It looked like she had two bruises under her eyes. Seemed visible and clearly, despite wearing dark sunglasses, in an effort to conceal them.
4: Or maybe Guy Ritchie just didn't like the advice
1: you gave him about the movie. No, Madonna was also seen leaving the Medical Arts Center in New York. According to her longtime rep, these people are paid big bucks to lie. Doubtful, she says. I saw her over the weekend. She looked the same to me.
4: So she didn't flatly say no. No. So that was a non-denial denial. denial. Right. Uh, It's not giving sufficient information. Of course. That's exactly what it is. It's Uh, not lying. I hope she didn't have the... God, let's run down a list of people who've had bad plastic surgery. Uh, Burt Reynolds. Have you seen him lately? Mm
8: -hmm. Terrible.
4: Terrible, 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 terrible. Kenny Rogers. Bad, bad, bad. Uh, Roger Daltrey, bad, bad, bad. Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton, bad to worse. Yeah, he's uh, he might be the worst. Act. Oh, and then what's your name from uh, Falcon Crest?
9: Well, Rose McGowan's had some really bad eye work then, too. Yeah, Why would Rose McGowan get plastic surgery? She, I don't know, I guess she had, like, under, like puffy eyes. That's so like altering got... a Picasso. No, she got, like, her lips done, and um, her eyes are all funky now. They're all messed oh, up underneath. Damn you, Rose McGowan.
4: Damn your black heart. All right. Well, whatever.
1: So Mary Tyler Wohl looks the same she as she did in the Dick Van Dyke show in 1963.
4: Uh, is that in a good way? Because I haven't seen her recently. I guess so. Does it look um, like weird or unnatural? It's like, what does she look like when she's sleeping? If she can. If she, if she can get her eyes to close. <laughs> and her eyes are sort of just pulled back like the Joker's. Just like a big perpetual scary face on. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Keeping up with the
1: kids, a new study has found that illicit drug use by teens continues to decline. Uh, The study released today from the White House says there's an overall decrease in 8th, 10th, and 12th graders nationwide. The drugs most responsible for this year's decline in illicit drug use are marijuana and various stimulants, including amphetamines, methamphetamine, and crystal methamphetamine. A portion of 8th graders reported use of an illicit drug at least once in the past 12 months. This survey really doesn't make any sense. They can keep changing the numbers. What else are they up to? Great. Guess what, kids? The choking game's back. Just in time for the holidays... Uh, students at a middle school in Orange County have been experimenting with what is to believe to be a new version of the choking game.
4: Is this when the Gencom supply runs out? I guess so. This is when the
1: teens hold their breath and get punched in the chest, and then they black out. <laughs> Why not try it today? Yeah. <laughs> hey, somebody took our
4: Gencom story off the wall. Oh, somebody's uh, going to get it. Oh, somebody's going to be punished. Our Gencom Gen- <laughs> story, I will not have things removed from the studio. Um So So you close your eyes, hold your breath, and another student will slam you in the
1: chest. A parrot wishes to remain anonymous, said her son was recruited to play the choking game and passed out. It's no game, absolutely no game, says the uh, public school representative, Madeline Ulfer. We're definitely flirting with death here. Flirting
4: with death. Okay. So that's that. Well, you always hear that story about, you know, the five-finger Death Star punch or whatever that thing is. You so all, all the
1: students have been given a copy of a recent story with a headline, Boy Dies Playing the the pass out Game.
4: You know, there is no choking game. There is no choking game, just like there is no... No one, for fun, and to... Let me put it this way. Not even at intramurals? Guy, guys do a lot of stupid crap. Guys will sit and punch each other, but it's usually... Just like because they're they're bored, or one guy like looked at another guy for like half a second too long, no one punches. It, people don't stand in to punch each other to simulate recreational drug use. It seems like you cannot. Didn't the story before that just say that kids are trying drugs in record numbers? No, the the record numbers have dropped. Oh, I'm sorry. So maybe the, so the marijuana is being off. replaced by the choking game. Yes, choking game is the new is the new black. Then okay, yeah. fair enough. Well, there you go, Mr. Choking. Put your hand on his throat. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, it's uh, time to talk
8: about
1: uh, U.S. interrogations in the global war on terror. They've increased uh, scrutiny. The White House has never acknowledged what the techniques they use, calling them classified. In an interview with the Today Show, a former CIA operative named John discussed how approval for aggressive interrogation techniques is handled. This person was involved in the capture and interrogation of high-profile terrorism suspects. This was a policy decision that was made at the White House
13: with concurrence from the National Security uh, Council and the Justice Department.
1: So now they go behind closed doors and try to explain how and why the terrorist uh, tapes were destroyed. The revelation has promised the Justice Department and the CIA to investigate.
12: I want to think the best, but I think it was just a terrible mistake.
4: That happens. Eh, well, people are people. What can you do? What can you do? Oh, uh, let's see. This says, Rick, Mary Telemore is terrifying. I can't imagine the size of the wrench they use to yank her skin bun tighter. <laughs> she really is the joker. And then there's a link. Do I? And the link goes to awfulplasticsurgery.com. Told you. Oh, do I want to click on this? Oh, it's so tempting. It's a jolly candy-like link. Okay, I'm clicking. Oh, well, for, okay, first of all, the first picture that comes up is not her, but of Lindsay Lohan. She
1: That's looks like an
4: unpleasant. What's that? She looks like Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, no, she looks as though she's been filled full of custard. Uh, it's like someone jammed a hose in her and just turned it on, let it go. Mm. That's yeah, she's unpleasant. That. She's lumpy. This is nothing but bad plastic surgery photos. Oh, my God. Um, okay, bad uh, boob job on Beyonce. Uh, let's see. Um, this is terrible uh, Heather Mills plastic surgery. Let's see. What else? There's no. I don't see. Um, J.K. Rowling. Uh, let's see. Jane Seymour. Okay, I'm trying to find the. Um, yeah, the Mary. There is no Mary Tyler Moore picture. That's a shame. Yeah. Really. I. Uh, I was. I was hoping to see a picture of Mary Tyler Moore. It's not here. I am. I am disappointed, sir. All right. Well, I'll look later. Here's Tim Riley, at the Ministry of Truth.
1: The security guard being threatened with shooting that gunman responsible for killing at that super mega church uh, apparently was fired as a police officer in Minneapolis. Her name is Jean Asham. She worked for the city's department between 1993 and 1997 and was fired for lying during the turtle investigation.
4: Did she lie about her gender? No. Uh, they
1: were investigating a complaint that said the police officer swore at a bus driver while she was handling an incident on the city bus. He said the woman denies she swore at the driver, but her actions were caught on tape. So
4: that's that. So this is the this is the security guard. What the, like a truck driver? The alleged woman who shot the the. No, gunman. we know she's a woman. Well, she's a woman now, Tim. Oh. Now, while she was at the police department, did she take a prolonged leave of absence, perhaps for any kind of overseas medical procedure, like a breast implant? No. Well, maybe. I'm not saying. Well, I guess they would have to. Like a maritime moralization. Mexico was a nightmare. The doctor was a quack. Anywho, here's Tim Riley. I'm just saying uh, she looks, she's a handsome woman. Oh, that's good. Let's just put it that way. You just look at her photo, you know what I'm talking about. Here's Tim Riley.
1: Well, in more follow-up from the Hollywood Writers' Strike, the Television Critics Association, that would be Pierre Carlin, wouldn't it? is canceling its annual January meeting where networks and cable uh, people will go on those big junkets. Uh, Broadcasters have been unwilling to commit to the Los Angeles-area meetings, citing expected budget cutbacks and the possible difficulty of holding sessions with scripted shows. Many shows have been sidelined by the walkout. The group includes more than 220 journalists working with TV and print and online outlets in the U.S. and Canada. Members traditionally gather in January and July to preview new entries and interview show stars and creators of TV shows. The latest round of contract negotiations between the WGA and the studios collapsed. The strike began on November
4: 5th. Okay, so let's just do... Donna, and Mike were talking about this yesterday. They, I had actually been thinking about this as well. So is anybody in this room right now currently... Is a television viewer being impacted by the writer's strike?
9: I will be when February comes around and they're not broadcasting Lost.
4: So you'll be So Lost won't be on... Tim, cold case files, cold case files.
9: Oh, and CSI is CSI affected by that? Well, everything. It's is everything.
4: Right. That's a. It is everything. And see, and I'm unclear to what extent so-called reality programming is affected by this. And here's what I mean. I'm not t- t- I'm talking about necessarily even stuff like the Real World or, you know, whatever the Hills or is the Hills reality?
9: Oh, it's it's supposed to be reality. But you know that's what I mean? Scripted, it's so-called
4: yeah. real, like the Hogan Show or whatever. Uh, but I'm talking. But I mean even stuff like MythBusters. And uh the, like made in America, like the John that John Ratzenberger thing. Like I'm unclear about whether that stuff is affected by the writer's strike. So if a show is presumably if it's not scripted in the sense that it's not fictional, it still has to have writers. So a show like Mythbusters and the one that Don Toronto was mentioning, the how it's made, which is a great show, uh stuff like that, it's not a fictionalized serial of any kind. Yet at the same time they don't just ad lib everything on camera. That stuff has got to be written by somebody. Right. So I wonder is that just a separate Guild or something, or a separate. It yeah, would we'll be the same thing. I would imagine so. So I wonder if they're going to run out of episodes of stuff like on the Discovery Channel and the. Because like you know what I you know what I'm a total uh, nerd for is I'm a nerd for two things. Well, three things. Anything that involves an explosion. So MythBusters. Anything that involves showing how stuff is built. Uh, and when when Don did his little thing about how it's made, I was told I was right there with him because how it's made, made in America. Uh, that all of those shows where they show the manufacturing of an item, even stuff I don't care about. I sat and watched a whole thing on how it's made, uh, about like how they make hockey sticks. I do not care about hockey, but man, I will sit there and watch as they take every image, like they literally would take it from like a tree all the way down to like where it's a finished hockey stick, and I will sit and watch all of that stuff. Um, you know, and, and, and then stuff that's weird, like how, I'm, I'm, at one point they were like, "Have you ever wondered how they make a whisk?" and I thought to myself. Yes, how do they make a whisk? That's fascinating. And then I said, "Watch the whole thing about the machine that makes a whisk, and it's pretty freaking great, actually." Um, and then, uh, and then I'm also a big sucker for travel shows that involve eating. Uh, keep in mind, I don't like to travel, and I don't like to cook, but I will watch. Like there's. Oh, we all know you like to eat, Rick. There is. Thank you. There is. And when you travel, you do go on eating tours, don't you? Well, I, I'm just saying, I'm not like I like. I wouldn't really sit and watch like a Julia Child type show, um, uh, but. Like that Anthony Bourdain will do No Reservation, which is a great show, where he shows up in a town, whether it's in America or around the world, and his whole deal is to find street vendors. And he will find a local, and he will say, Hey, I'm from the Food Network or whatever. Like, take me to some of the best street vendor food around town. And it's like, cause one day it'll be in, like, you know, Florida. The next day it'll be in, like, Columbia. Uh And he just eat. And then there's that other show, Bizarre Foods, with what's his name? Dave blah, blah, blah where he'll just go to a country or a state and eat the weirdest stuff that they can buy. What is this? Well, it's horseboof soup. Well, all right. <laughs> you know, I love stuff like that. And so I wonder if that's going to be... Because I was thinking, and this is the last thing I'll say about the writer strike. Um, I was thinking about this, actually. I really do believe that everybody involved, writers, producers, they're going to get it in the end. They, they are really going to regret this whole thing. And I'm not putting the blame on any one party. I'm just saying that they're all going to regret this, unfortunately, because... I think that we are like, I have The Shield and then there's Mad Men. You know, those are the two shows that I'm really into that that will be delayed by this. The Shield, I'm really, you know, I'm pissed about that. And then, you know, Mad Men, that's going to be delayed, which sucks. But apart from that, everything I watch is sort of in the non-scripted category. And I was also thinking about this. Just the number of shows that we have talked about on this program in just the last year that, like, I haven't had a chance to watch yet, but that I should, that are out on DVD, like 30 Rock, like Heroes, like Seasons 2 and 3 of Lost, um, I could probably watch a season a month. In other words, I could probably power through an entire season of a show every single month, a show a month, and it would still probably take me a solid year and a half before I was, like, out of stuff I wanted to watch. So, I think that they're all going to end up really wishing they hadn't had this strike on KCMD Portland because I got no shortage of stuff to watch, really. So, and I'm going to miss The Shield, but I, you know, you're going to movie madness, man. There's like a, a hundred different shows there I want to watch. So, there you go. Here's Tim Riley. And we're just, uh, received a report.
1: Now, two homes have washed away in Klatsk and I at Highway 30 due to that, uh, mudslide there. Uh, Fourth-ranked broadcaster NBC, that's fourth-ranked, has quietly begun (laughs) reimbursing its advertisers at an average of $500,000 each for failing to reach guaranteed ratings levels. This is the first time a network has taken such a step in years. The networks usually offer make-goods re-advertising spots in the event of such shortfalls, but NBC has none to give. In fact... No broadcast network has much ad inventory left between now and the year's end, except for perhaps a handful of units between uh, Christmas and New Year's. CBS, ABC, Fox are also doling up make-goods, primarily for the first quarter. They blame softness on a new ratings formula, but the... They maybe blame softness? ...disagree.
4: Softness. I'm sorry, the problem, sir, the problem seems to be softness. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: among the four big networks, NBC has the most serious ad shortfalls, as its prime-time ratings are down most dramatically... Meanwhile, none of its new series and season have caught on with viewers. Uh, NBC used to be upscale. It used to be quality. Quality we came to expect. Maybe they're searching for that hit they don't have. They're on American Idol. But too much reality isn't playing well with advertisers. And that's what they're planning to put on with all these shows that have canceled due to the writer's strike. More reality. So we'll see the ratings diminish. So that's that. Oh, NBC has a, oh a mid-season drama called Lipstick Jungle coming up. Oh, that's God. something to look forward to. Is it a, it's
4: a drama? It's like a
1: real show. Apparently or a... so. Yes.
4: All right. Mm. Lipstick Jungle. That is for the Devil Wears Prada set.
1: I guess so. So that's that.
4: Uh, are we going to save the Led Zeppelin discussion for oh, later? No, we can do it now. I, we have uh, we have no uh, guest this hour. We are uh, no guest. We are golden, as they say. All right. You're horrified. I'm amazed. No, we uh, we had Jim Roop booked from Colorado, but they, he's on a plane right now. He's flying back to the City of Angels. Sorry. Uh,
1: well, Led Zeppelin's long-awaited reunion tour has been held. And the mu- music reviewers are screaming for more. Playing a full set for the first time in nearly three decades, the authors of Stairway to Heaven and Whole Lot of Love dropped the O2, uh, rocked the 0 arena last night for two hours, leaving fans around the world gasping in delight. With synergy like this going on, it would be an act of cosmic perversity to stop it now. Who's, who
4: is it? Talk about the Jesus, talk about somebody who's, like, on the on the take. I mean, really? Did it actually, was it that breathless? Apparently so. All right. Well, fair enough. They sound awesomely tight, says the Guardian. <laughs> awesomely tight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the
1: Independent was a little uh, less fusive uh, in its play, but Andy Gill did write that the uh, call and response routine between Plant and Page during Black Dog was one of the night's most
4: engaging moments. Man, and I would like to believe that this is true. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I really... I really hope that it was that good. A, because you know they're going to put it out on CD and DVD at some point. And B, because I mean, it seems like Plant is the one uh, who's really the holdout on this. It seems like he's the one who resists doing a reunion tour. Um, it, you know, because he's the one who has the closest thing to a successful solo career. He of all of them seems like, I guess, the the, the least interested in this whole thing. So, but if they rig, you know, at this point you could just write a check because it's like the most. I would say at this point, because, and we've had this discussion before, but I think everybody has reunited. I mean, is there anybody, is there any big act? I mean, Pink Floyd, I guess they did the one off, so I don't know if that counts. What about ABBA? Uh, well, that's true. There's ABBA in the world of pop, and you know, who else uh, would, hasn't reunited? Uh, it's the Smiths. A Smiths reunion would be really big. Oh, that would. Be uh, kind of with a different crowd, but a Smiths reunion would be huge. That's um,
9: never going to happen. Well, see, but they. No Morrissey. Morrissey was offered ten million dollars to do it, and you know, he he's he's not going to do it. You know,
4: everybody else has said that too, though. Everybody. Uh, the I Eagles think, No, I think Morrissey is
9: a different breed.
4: Well, you mean by different? You mean a dick?
9: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that he would rather um, starve on the streets of London than um. Than play, play with, with Johnny Marr guys. again.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it.
7: I'm starving. <laughs>
9: <laughs> He's going to be fine. He's releasing a solo album. He's gonna, yeah, he will be just fine.
4: <laughs> just singing. There was a, there is a light that will never go out for food. Uh, I, Morrissey jokes are that, they're so easy to go to because of that Kermit the Frog voice of his. I can What else could Morrissey say that would be funny in that voice? Well, know, nothing I guess. <laughs> apparently. Well, I'm done. Um, so anyway, so I, so there's a Smiths reunion. Yeah, so might not have. Abba has also for 20 years been turning down reunions. Uh, there is a full-fledged Guns N' Roses reunion, you know, that would be huge, and who knows if that'll happen, because Steven Tyler can't, or Steven Tyler, Steven Adler can't move the left half of his body, no. um, so that does tend to throw off one's percussion skills, uh, but man, the Zeppelin reunion, that was the most hotly anticipated reunion in, oh, probably 20 years, um. So, all the reports are that it was really good. i got to tell you, that when they played at Live Aid, it was bad, regardless of what anybody says. And when they played in 1988, which is the last time they did it, in 88, they were terrible. They were awful in 1988. So, that was 20 years ago. So, uh, apparently, they were really good last night. I do have 21 seconds of yesterday's Zeppelin show. So, this is um, Zeppelin yesterday in London. Somebody somehow got 21 seconds of the opening. This is... Good times, bad times, which is the opening number. So this is the first 21 seconds of Zeppelin at the O2 Arena in London yesterday.
1: (laughs) The Wu guy.
4: There you go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Led Zeppelin. So oh, fantastic. There must yeah, be more. yeah. So, uh, anyway, by all accounts, it was pretty great. Uh, and they played Stairway to Heaven, which uh, Plant had sworn he would never do. Plant had said numerous times over the last 20 years that he would never sing uh, Stairway to Heaven again. He called it that bloody, awful wedding song. <laughs> like, F that. I will never sing it again. And they sang it last night. So, uh, anyway, somebody will keep upping the dollar amount uh, until they give in. I mean, it's just it's a given. What, the Smiths? No, Zeppelin. Okay. I mean, the Smiths, I don't know. I don't know that much about the Smiths. I know that Marr and Morrissey hate each other, but you know what? The list of bands who, who hate each other... But Marr do it and
9: Morrissey didn't. No, really? I think... Yeah. I, mean, I think a... he's past the point of needing the money. I don't think he cares.
4: That's true, and I will tell you this. That's always the thing that makes these reunions happen, is they will split into their different factions. They will all do solo careers. Usually, one of the members is much more successful than the other in terms of solo career. For example... um uh Don Henley was the was the successful member of the Eagles in a solo career. Paul Simon was the successful member of Simon and Garfunkel. Mm-hmm. David Gilmore was the successful one in Pink Floyd. But as soon as one of those solo projects fails, bam, they run back to the sweet bosom of the known. So as soon as Paul Simon had that album that stiffed, and as soon as Don Henley had an album that stiffed, they both went back and they did the reunion. So what you need is for Morrissey to have a huge failure of an album. You need Morrissey to put out a solo album, and then you need for no one to buy it. Everyone needs to boycott Morrissey's next product. So he will then reunite with Johnny Mars. The only way it'll happen. That's the dynamic of how those things work. Uh, Here is Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, the death last month of Kevin
1: Dubrow, the lead singer for the 1980s heavy metal band Quiet Riot, has been ruled as an accidental cocaine overdose. I'm shocked. He was found dead November 25th in his Las Vegas home. He was 52. I don't know why this story is news. The late son of Anna Nicole Smith was killed by a combination of methadone and antidepressant Zoloft and Lexapro. Really? Jeez. A cocktail that would have turned lethal within
4: five hours. What could you be that depressed about if your Anna Nicole? I mean, so your mom is a stupid whore. Big deal.
1: So it took this long for the results to come out. He died September
4: 10th, 2006. <laughs> and the, the quiet riot guy died like a day ago, mm-hmm. and we already know.
9: Mm-hmm.
4: Well, all right. That well, shows... Did they
9: de- no, that's an unpleasant... What? Well, because Daniel's been buried for a long time, so oh, I mean, did they, they have to dig him up. They dug him up.
4: Oh, oh, oh. No. Yeah. This guy said that. This guy sent me a list of things for Morrissey to say while on the street and starving. <laughs> he sent me, Rick. Here are three things I would pay to hear Morrissey sing while he's cold in the street. Should I do them in the Morrissey voice? Of course. <laughs> this dying man.
7: <laughs> Ding. I am a human and I need to eat food.
4: How about this? I know that some of these are probably meant to be done to a certain tune. How about this? I think this is to the uh, girlfriend in a coma melody which I don't know. Uh do do
8: do 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 do. do, do, do. Anyway, I have
4: frostbite. Yeah.
7: I know I know it's serious. <laughs> okay, that's
4: funny. How about this? <laughs> These are the three things this guy would pay to hear Morrissey sing while starving.
7: My leg is infected, but I can't afford the ride to the hospital.
4: <laughs> that's exactly the kind of humor that makes me laugh, because it's just weird. Then you would even that guy in like five seconds came up with three things that he would like to hear Morrissey sing while cold and starving, and was able to write them and email them to me. That's that's pretty great, actually. Um. All right. And then we get emails like this. Rick, one of the stuck-up office chicks just tripped and fell on her face. It was hilarious. Ha-ha. All right. Here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. And we'll get some calls here. So Paris
1: Hilton is working on this new persona of someone who cares. Uh, she decided she didn't care about Africa. Well, for the moment, she'll be back. But now she's taking her new humanitarian persona seriously. And her goodwill has started with men who have orange skin and green hair. You see, while clubbing at the hotspot cameo in Miami last weekend... Hilton came to the aid of an injured dancing Oompa Loompa. During a performance from Jeff Beaker's Madhouse that featured three Oompa Loompa performers, complete with trademark orange makeup and bright green hair, the crowd repeatedly rushed to the stage. Well, one of the Oompa Loompas, Robin Sherwood, was severely cut during the melee. Sherwood is reportedly a friend of Hilton's, or is now. They're unlikely friends who met earlier in the day during rehearsals. After his injury, the hotel heiress... Uh, stick by Sherwood until help arrived. Yes, Paris stayed back at the event when she heard he was injured to make sure he was okay. She was very concerned about his health. She didn't leave until she knew he was okay. That comes from it Resources, who booked the event, and are, are friends of everyone concerned. Is this really a story about
4: Paris Hilton helping Paris. an injured Oompa yeah. Loompa?
1: Yes, Paris Hilton stayed with him until an ambulance came and took care of him. Paris is great. Everyone repeat. Paris is great. <laughs> Paris, Paris, is, Paris, is, great. Is, Paris great. is great. Paris is she great. She was there until he was turned over to the medical technicians. All glory to the hypno-toad. Luckily, his injuries required only stitches, allowing Hilton's Oompa Ooh. Loompa
4: friend to dance, dance, dance. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to end the show with a hypnotized sound, by the way. Rick, when you travel to Russia, please be careful when you and your wife uh, travel. Thanks. Uh, let's see. My friend went to St. Petersburg, Russia last year, and he had a very good time trying to find a Russian bride. Okay. Yeah, that's a story you should tell to everybody. Uh, let, uh, let's see. Rick, I noticed a maple leaf at the end of how it's made. It turns out it's created by our smelly neighbors to the north. Uh, I'm assuming any sh- uh, if any show in the United States is going to be impacted, it's Mythbusters. Um Let's see, he says, I missed The Office, but I kind of hope that the networks realize that, as you said, there's no shortage of my backlog of things to watch. I'm guessing one would be wise to invest in Netflix stock in the coming months. Really, and again, I I know the writers are being screwed. I really do recognize that. Um, But I'm saying the market, as Tim had pointed out, we do live in a capitalist society, and I do believe the market realities are that the network and the writers, everybody involved with the making of television is going to take it in the shorts, Uh, you know, except for people selling DVDs. That's it. Uh, let's see. And 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 they also brought up another interesting point last night about how much longer can the late-night shows hold out before they have to go back on the air. Carson mm-hmm. Daly's already gone back on the air. Who watches the late-night shows? Is you the know, I
1: don't, anybody I don't
4: know the answer to that. And, and let me ask you I this. I think is the biggest scam around, really. Maybe this is... I was going to ask, is this a sign that I'm getting old? But you know what? I don't think it is because my dad watched Carson even you know when he was older than I am now. It, it, but that was it, a previous generation of tv viewers but does it seem like staying up till 11:30 is, it doesn't it, is it seem kind of like kind of weird that one of the most hotly coveted so-called advertising slots on television doesn't even start till almost midnight does that seem a little weird to you and those viewing habits were established long
1: before long commutes and people moved further away from cities where they didn't have to drive so long back so, and forth so
4: that probably so that might be it because again and i'm not not like i'm some early to bed early to rise type i'm a, i'm a night owl but just the whole notion that this must-see TV doesn't even go on the air until almost midnight is very strange, and especially like the late night show, at like 1230. Yeah. um, It's just really weird. That does seem like it comes from an earlier era, and I bet you're right. I bet its commuting times have lengthened.
1: Yeah, it, from the days of Ralph
4: Cramden he just finishes his, his bus route and came home to his yeah. flat. I remember my dad sitting up and watching uh, Carson every night, and I just, you know, I, I can't. At this point, at that, I'm kind of getting ready for bed and doing whatever. that one I can't really fathom staying up till one in the morning to watch like a, some guy come on and, and pitch his latest book or whatever. It's, um, let's see here. Uh, well, let's take some of these calls, shall we? Oh yes. Why? Hello, sir. Hello. Hi. How are you?
12: How you doing, Rick? What's up? Hey, I was just um talking. You guys talking about all this music? I was just wondering if you guys have uh, heard any of the. Uh... The guy that's going to be the new lead singer for Journey.
4: You know, I got so much email about him last week. What is he's like from, where is he yeah, from? Philippines. He's, yeah,
1: from, the he's Philippines? from the Philippines?
12: Philippines. And okay. you got you got to go to YouTube and um, just type in um, Zoo and go down and scroll down a few um, things and you'll see um, Journey covered by the Zoo. And he does probably about... Wait, hold
8: on. You got to, it's
12: Zoo as in Z-O-O? Z-O-O. And uh, he, he does probably about 30 songs, but they're all real bad um
4: videos but. okay let me ask you this is he just recently in journey um yeah he did
12: because the guy i heard this on uh, another morning show and what he the guy the guy actually found him on youtube another at, morning show
4: um the well let me ask you this because the guy and i'm not a big journey fan but i i do sort of follow this whole i like the music industry like as an observer yeah. um now, Steve Perry left Journey some time ago. Now, wasn't there another guy after Steve Perry, and Absolutely. he also was supposedly like like an uncanny resemblance to Steve Perry.
12: The guy, the guy that replaced him was pretty good, but this guy that they're finding uh, his named Arnell. He's I the
4: Craig Gas of the Journey world.
12: Oh, he no, he he doesn't just blow away Journey. If you listen to some of his music, he does uh, he does Led Zeppelin. Um, eagles.
4: Now, are these, when he sings like Zeppelin Eagles, are, is he doing impressions basically, or is he just singing in his own voice with those guys?
12: He sings in his own voice, and he is, uh, he just. Uh, all right, well, I gotta, to tell you. All right. I gotta go to
4: YouTube and, and, and look up, uh, what is it? Zoo? I'll just zoo. put in the zoo. All right, is, or Sarah, are you doing that over there? Doing what? Are you, no, I mean, I was reading I the thing a about a no. Amy Winehouse. Right. About, oh, by the way, I how
12: thought maybe we should have
4: Sarah. Hi. Tim, Tim is also here.
12: I actually met you guys quite a long time ago. I came <laughs> into your studio when you were at the other place, and you guys cut my hair. Long time oh, ago, you had a mullet. You're... No, I didn't have a mullet. I had very long hair, and I donated my hair to Lock of Love. It was
4: it was a, it a, was a mullet, Joni, uh, Jolie's okay. sister cut your hair. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you had a mullet.
12: No, no, I didn't have a mullet. You're it was a mullet. Else. Okay. No, about... you. No, no, no. Yeah, no, we know who you are. Yeah, my hair was like 16 inches long. Did they make your hair blue or something? No, 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 because uh, I I did it for Tom Likas tickets back when he went to uh, Barracuda. I must
4: time. be confusing you with somebody else. Well, my apologies, then. Uh, say hello to Tim, please.
12: Hello, Tim. It's good to hear from you.
4: All right, thank you. Good All to right. hear from you. All right, I'm going to look up that zoo. Thank you, sir.
12: Absolutely. All right, bye now.
4: Uh, yeah, the guy, uh, our friend Trey went to see Journey after this other guy replaced Steve Perry, and he's like, oh, it's uncanny. You close your eyes. It's like Steve Perry. Okay, so I am, let's see. He is the Steve Perry of the Philippines. Uh, really? <laughs> Is that a hotly contested title? And who will be the Steve Perry of the Philippines? He's the Frank Sinatra of Togo. <laughs> Tune in to find out. Um, all right. Well, it's like, you know, every a couple of years you do hear a story like this, though, where a guy, like, what's his name? Um, Owens. What was his name? Tim Owens was that guy that they loosely based that, Mark Wahlberg movie Rockstar on, where he was in this Judas Priest cover band, and he was, like, so good at impersonating Rob Halford vocally that they then eventually just, like, hired him to sing for Judas Priest. Um, ditto with, apparently, this guy. Uh, God, I'm trying to think of who else. Um, I saw a guy do a Freddie Mercury impression that was just uncanny once. It was on VH1. They were talking about guys in cover bands or whatever. And there was this guy that, um, have you got it over there? I've got I think I've got it here, Yeah, You got to do right? Yeah. I mean, it's just Don't Stop believing. I have faithfully. Well, let me play the yeah, little. Like They're the same thing.
1: And our folks is Journey.
4: So I think, I think this is him with this other band. I don't think this is him backed by Journey. Okay, so again, the guy you're about to hear is not Steve Perry, but is the Steve Perry of the Philippines. The Steve Perry of the Philippines.
8: It's
7: just a small town. God,
8: wow.
7: <laughs> that's freaky. In a world.
8: It's a train of
9: all
0: right, that's not right.
9: That is not. It's just a pretty boy. Is a to try.
4: Okay, and the weirdest thing is I mean, we all know what Steve Perry looks like. Mm-hmm. He's just like this dorky white guy. And then you see this guy from the Philippines open his mouth and Steve Perry's voice comes out.
8: There we go.
4: Okay, that's freaky, is what that is.
8: I wait right
0: All right, that's just wrong.
8: Into the sun. We just run around
4: okay, I am officially I weirded out by that. All right. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, this is Steve Perry. Of the Philippines.
1: Well, that's going to be different. Usually, a Pacific Islander or someone Asian isn't allowed to be a star in this country.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a rule. I'm sorry. Should we take this to break? Uh, well, let's do okay. It's only now 15 after, 16. It's 19. 19. Well, let's do a couple more.
9: Okay, I know you want enough.
4: to just sit and listen to Journey. Is that why this is? This is true. And we'll
9: I just pa- used the. Facilities. Well, you should
4: pause it then, and we'll take that to break, and say we'll okay. do a couple more, and then we'll uh, come and we'll take another break. All right. Uh, Apparently now it's being
1: described as a river of mud overtaking Highway 30, swallowing homes and vehicles and shutting down this Highway 30 for the indefinite amount of time. It just happened at noon. No reports of injury from the scene. The slide uh, left at least one home nearly up to its roof in mud. Can you imagine being inside this thing? Please tell me there's
4: footage. Not yet. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, Huge logs littering the sides of the... Logs come out of nowhere for some reason. There are logs at this one, too.
4: Logs just rained down from the
1: sky. Apparently, the logs crossed the highway without permission.
4: To get to the other side.
1: And nearby train tracks before emptying onto another roadway. Now, prior to the slide, part of this highway was closed down, but this was before the River of Mud. So, I, I don't think I want to
4: live there. Yeah, I would check that off the list of places that you would... Uh... You moving to This says, uh, Rick, I read a rumor online last week that episodes from some shows like Dexter, which is one of the best shows on TV, might be moving to CBS if the writer's strike continues. Not new episodes, but they will be running Dexter from the beginning on CBS. That's a great idea. Uh, then I wouldn't have to buy Showtime to watch this show that the CBS emails continue to demand we watch. Oh, the showtime's been useless for quite some time. Yeah, it really has. Um, and, and I'm not like a big enough... I think boxing is like their big sport, too. Um, let's see. Um... Well, I don't care about any of these other emails. Uh, Let's do one more here, and then we'll take this uh, journey uh, guy to break. All right, let's uh, do a religious nutcase watch. Here's your religious nutcase watch for uh, Tuesday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program.
1: It's got to from Canada, of all places. But it, it used to be a peaceful country. Now they have serial killers and you know what it is? crazy pig farmers. It's because and... they're
4: next to us. It's like putting an onion next to your bread. As you as know what I mean? We're the onion to Canada's, uh, to Canada's wheat bread. Well, friends
1: and classmates of a 16-year-old girl who police say was murdered by her devout Muslim father in the Toronto suburb say she was killed for not wearing a hijab. Uh, police said in the statement they received an emergency call at 7.55 local time from a man who indicated he had just killed his daughter. Uh, the father, Mohammed Pavaz, who's 57, was arrested at the scene and will be formally charged with murder as he appears in court. The girl's friends, meanwhile, tell the media she was having trouble at home because she did not conform to the family's religious beliefs and refused to wear a traditional Islamic headscarf or a hijab. She wanted to go different ways than her family wanted her to go. She wanted to make her own path. Or her dad wouldn't let her. She loved clothes. Uh the victim's twenty six year old brother also charged with obstructing, uh, obstructing police in the investigation.
4: Well, Tim, it is the religion of peace. Yes, it is. All right. There's your religious nutcase watch. Respect all Tuesday. Respect all faiths, Tim.
1: like we might have another apple user among our group really Well that's a rumor someone's purchasing an apple macbook i'm not going to say who
4: does her name rhyme with Hera hillen uh perhaps
8: okay Just perhaps checking.
9: aaron and i are going to go shopping on maybe friday
4: maybe to
1: buy an apple yes MacBook? i think
9: i'm going to get an ibook
1: good for you i, mean, I, I wish i could afford one though. but i can on my nine dollar kicker
4: <laughs> Yes, life is... How do you manage?
9: Life is hard. Um,
4: <laughs> okay, somebody has this... And then I know we have to go to the break because Sarah has to use the bathroom. But uh, let me... Uh, let's see. This says... The more taxes you pay, the bigger your check. So if Tim's uh, check is $9, he's really good at getting out of paying income tax. Well done, Tim. And then he says... See, listen to this guy. Listen to this, listen to this dick. Since my kicker check was five figures, I could use Tim's guidance. Jeez, he's a tax god and a news god. All right. Well, thank you, sir. All right. Are you going to take us to break with the yes. with the the, the the Philippines? What is it Filipino? Philip? Is that it? Yes. Someone from yes. the Philippines to say Filipino. The Steve Perry of the Philippines, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, give it up for this guy. Uh, back after this, more of Tim Riley. We'll do the top five. Uh, let's see. Motorcycle ice race tickets. Darwin watch. All that. You, you stay there. It's the Rick Emerson show. Come It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program, home of the world's finest bumper music. I think this is what they call an interpolation. This isn't a sample. This sounds a lot like. Is it possible for you to start this clip and start it again without losing it? No. Probably not. No,
9: it's in the random rotator.
4: Um, rotator. I think this. I think this is based on. Uh, I just died in your arms tonight by cutting through.
9: It sounds like that.
4: Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think it's sort of a yeah. It's sort of a revisitation of that melody. All right, it's 503 is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, uh, assembled here in the United States by robots. We will get uh, Tim Riley uh, and just start it with uh, some bits of news. We'll do the uh, top five and the, the whatnot. And the hey, hey, uh, let me just read this. This is really only funny because of the headline. It's from MSNBC.com. The sub-headline, it's, they're talking about how fasting uh, may turn out to be good for you because Mormons fast uh, once a month, blah, blah, blah. Uh, just the headline, is funny, it just says, Hungry Mormons offer clues to heart disease. Which is funny, because that's like the South Park thing about, and now for comment, we go to a legless man on a horse. So, hungry Mormons offer clues to... And now for clues on heart disease, we go to Hungry Mormons. Ah, zing. Okay, let me just... Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hello.
0: Hello. 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 Hey, uh, this is Nancy, uh, a.k.a. Decapiscator. Hi, Sarah. Hello.
9: Um, I gave you the skinny like four days ago on that dude from the Philippines about uh, the Journey singer did you, guy.
4: Did you call or did you email?
9: I, well, I sent you my face message so through your Rick Emerson page, not the Rick Emerson show page.
4: Ah, I probably did. Did I read it? Yes, you did. Ah, well, okay then. Then yeah. then you were probably, yeah, I had several people, don't try to feel slighted by this, but I, uh, uh, I had several people pointed out to me because it's one of those things that like I had never heard of, and then within like a day, everybody on the net was, was telling me about it. So it's, uh, yeah, the guy is really freaky. He's uncanny.
9: It's creepy. I, that's what I was uh, noting in my uh, letter to you. I was like, it's very creepy. Because I know you like to use that word quite a I bit. I
4: do. Well, and there's stuff that's just, like if I, like if somebody pointed out about gas, uh, Craig Gass was here this, uh, last week, um, who is great, who is sort of the, for you Arrested Development fans, is sort of the Carl Weathers of the of the Rick Emerson program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did, did, spent uh, well, never. I'm just gonna say we spent a lot of time on the phone with him this weekend. It's true. Uh, so, it, but he does what somebody correct on uh, my MySpace page. Somebody called his Kinnison. They said it was great because it was quote a three-dimensional impression of Sam Kinnison. By which the, they mean the, they meant that some guys just do the laugh. Uh, or the scream, but he doesn't just do the lap. He does the full
7: AM 970 solid state radio. You understand that, you? F-
4: are! And then he does a little giggle. It is a fully formed impression, which is what's so great about that Steve Perry guy. Uh, and I know he probably doesn't like being called that. I'm sure he has a real name that I'll never bother to learn. Uh, but it's just unreal. It, it just kind of creeps you out a little bit.
10: Yeah, I mean, I you know I grew up in the 80s. I was a teenager
9: in the 80s, and Journey wasn't one of my favorite bands, but that was always on the radio. So when I heard this guy sing for the first time, it was it blew me away.
4: Yeah, I don't I, – look, let me just tell you this. It's not even that I don't care about Journey. I dislike Journey, and I'm impressed by that guy. Like, I didn't exactly. listen to Journey <laughs> just because that guy is so uncanny. Yeah. So, well, thank you for the heads up. Well, thank you. Excellent. Thank Best you. That's
14: ever. Bye now.
4: All right. Uh, do these, and then we'll go to uh, Tim Riley. Hi, you're on The Rick Emerson Show.
14: Hey, Rick, the details of your dream kind of creeped me out this morning. Yeah,
4: it was a freaky dream. That's why I really delayed telling the story.
14: Well, I wanted to ask you, Gillian, Sarah and the gang there, uh, have you ever seen a movie called Elephant?
4: Oh, yeah, the Columbine. I'm sorry, not Columbine, but loosely inspired by the events of Columbine. No, I haven't
14: seen that. Exactly. Well, it's it's a terrible. It's, it's pretty, uh It's a so-so movie, but what's really creepy is they filmed it in my old high school here in Portland. Ooh, that
4: is creepy. It's a a Gus Van Sant take on Columbine. Yeah, yeah.
14: Yeah, The story itself is just kind of
0: lackluster. But uh, but some
14: of the visuals you described were a a lot like that movie. It was kind of creepy.
0: Yeah. All right.
14: Thank you, sir. Good time. Ladies and gentlemen
4: of the Ministry of Whatnots, it's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. An
1: enormous mudslide hits Highway 30. A river and mudslide over to Highway 30, about five miles west of Clansk swallowing homes and vehicles and shutting down the road for a definite amount of time. Is there footage yet? I have some sound. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Th- these, sound- these are vivid board pictures. All right. <laughs> Through the magic
7: of radio? Yes. Thank you, Stan Freeberg.
1: Gary Soderstrom was just above the area when the slide came roaring toward Highway 30. You
7: could see trees flying up in the air. could hear the roar, and then it came, and it went clear across that highway. Took one trailer house, moved it 200 yards, put it up on Highway 30. When it took the railroad tracks out, it broke a natural gas main. They were worried because there was power lines flying around there, sparking.
4: He really is the epitome of area man, isn't he? Mm -hmm. He really... A local man had this to say. He totally is the the local man to a
0: T.
1: We have more here. He uh, talked about the mudslide and how it affected where he lives. Well, we did have it. (laughs)
4: Whoops. I'm sorry. I'm just looking for something. We
7: could... (laughs) They <laughs> that whole canyon. it's scraped things up a hundred feet up on the banks. Of the canyons are just completely wiped out.
4: So that's that. Well, there you go. That's on the Klaskin. Don't go there.
7: Well, you can't
1: even if you wanted to. So I guess we're all set. All right. Yeah. A man dressed as a robot heckled Bill Clinton today in Iowa City.
7: Bill Clinton, I want you to apologize, Statista Soldier. <laughs> Robots of the world want you to apologize, Statista Soldier. We want you to apologize,
4: That is fantastic. Okay. Well, his costume sucks. That's a bad robot costume, but I give him points for the content. I can't even hear what he's saying. Not that it matters. No. It's just a, you know, you know, garden variety robot. Yeah, I was going to say, the robot costume was great, but it props for the Sister Soldier reference. The way to turn back the hands of time. That's a good, that is a good cultural reference from, uh, whenever that was, 90, 91, 90. You know, the, if anybody remembers, um, Sister Soldier. no one does. I'm probably the only person in this building who remembers a Fat Boy. It'd be me and Fat Boy. It. Do you remember Sister Soldier? Yes. Do you? Yes. Uh, okay. You probably remember her because Bill Clinton talked about mm-hmm. her. Uh, she was a uh, a rapstress, uh in the early '90s. She was an offshoot of uh, Public Enemy, and uh, she she made some. Well, I I, I don't want to get the the quote wrong because even the quote, when correctly said, was so incendiary. Um. But she made some weird comment about killing white people that <laughs> that it was just, like, so ridiculous that you read it and you just kind of went, a message of hate. Like, like you almost, you sort of, di- like, it almost was so, like, over the top and dumb that you just immediately, like, discounted it. Like, it almost didn't matter. Like, you read it and it was like, blah, 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 kill white people. And you kind of went... Well, okay, you know, and just like, then he moved along and he had breakfast, and and because uh, it was just so retarded, you just kind of skipped right over it. Um, but Bill Clinton, man, never wanted to miss an opportunity. Latched right onto it, uh, and he was like, "I want to condemn Sister Soldier," for, and, and and of course, the great thing about that was she then leveraged her like not even 15 minutes, like her 90 seconds of fame into a, a book that she wrote called, God, what was it called? She had some book that nobody bought. And an album that nobody listened to. Uh, and then a talk show that nobody watched. She really was like a completely useless trifecta. She was a complete, she was an absolute hat trick of no audience. Um, well, anyway, so there you go. She had three things that nobody paid any attention to, and that I can't even remember the names of. Um, anyway, and blah, blah, blah. So that is a great little cultural callback is what that is. Here's Tim Riley.
1: A 15-year-old Multnomah County boy has run away with an older woman. She's 30 years old. He's 15. Is she hot? Um, I would say, well, yeah. Where's, he, where's he from? Uh, he's from here. Uh, but here, Portland, or here, Gresham? It doesn't say exactly. Okay. Just is Multnomah County. Uh, apparently, uh, he was supposed to uh, appear before a grand jury testimony about their alleged sexual relationship, but he's been missing since December 3rd. <laughs> apparently, uh, this woman is a counselor. Her name is Jasmine. And according to, <laughs> of course According, of course according to Jasmine's
4: website. What really? Do I have to be 18 to go there that, where they make
1: PayPal? It doesn't say exactly
4: where it is. Oh. She
1: has a master's degree from Pacific University. It is offering therapy via email for $20 a question.
4: Therapy via email. Is that what they're She's calling it She's 5 feet tall,
1: 100 pounds, with dark or dyed blonde hair. Made a huge and brown steak. eyes.
4: Oh, that's wonderful. Can I uh, see that, please? Oh, man, do you remember Deborah LaFave? Yes. She was that hot as balls blonde teacher that got yeah. busted for having. the... Now, you know that... Oh, my God, hello. Hello. $20 a question. Wait, hold on. That's her husband. What? No. It's, it, huh?
12: What?
8: What?
4: What? <laughs> okay, let's stop. Um, Deborah LaFave, hot as balls blonde teacher who got busted for having the affair with that teenage boy. Yes. She then went to jail for a while, and then she got out of jail... And she has already violated the terms of her probation. that is weird. She has not gotten it on with another student, uh, but she was like working at some you know some low rent job, some fast food job. She got busted for having quote inappropriate conversations with a male coworker so I guess she was working at like a taco you know hut and um there was she was working with a sixteen year old boy at the taco hut, who of course you know liked being the object of her attention because she's hot. And she was like, so, how's the sex? You know, and I'm like, tell me about your girlfriend. What do you guys do together? And so, that, that, apparently that's not a lot, so I think she's putting her back in the Um Okay. Police in Multnomah County looking for a 15-year-old boy who they suspect ran off with a 30-year-old woman. The boy had been referred to Jasmine uh, Nguyen, I believe her name is, um, for counseling. Yeah. Um, police think the two may have been headed to California along with Nguyen's husband and teen daughter. So this guy here is her husband? Correct. It just well, complicates the story. The husband looks like he's about 10 years old, by the way. I feel like younger guys. Yeah, well, I mean, she's only... Well, she's 30. Can I see her picture? She's, uh, she's hot. Mm-hmm. In a sort of slatternly kind of way. So she didn't get $20 per question any Oh,
9: she is pretty. Well, she looks kind of... Say it. Like a drag queen.
4: I was going to say exotic. Oh. <laughs> I, she's... Not, not
9: find her at that club.
4: She's not the... Uh, She's not bad looking. She's not bad looking, um, but uh, so that's her husband. But her husband looks like he's in like fifth that's grade.
9: Her, that's her husband. Well, they yeah. have the same last name. That can't be her husband. No, but that's it's a, not. That's a the, child. But it's
4: not the boy. They don't. They don't identify. No, because he's fifteen. No, they don't identify the boy in the story because he's a minor, mm-hmm. and that I can't imagine. And she has a daughter, I think it says. they say they have a daughter together. And
9: teen, yeah, they they might have headed to California along with her husband and teen daughter. So
4: that is that has to be the husband. So it's by process of elimination. She had a baby when she was sixteen. Well, that's how that you know that's how they do it. Not to the kids. The kids don't wait. Um. True love doesn't wait. I remember back in the days when they were happy taking drugs. <laughs> when they would go visit grandma because they got in trouble. If you would like to see this hot as balls so-called therapist who will treat you via email, you can go to com. Her name Nguyen is spelled N-G-U-Y-E-N. I'm not sure if that's how to pronounce it, but it doesn't matter. I, I do believe it is, but I'm no linguist. Uh, N-G-U-Y-E-N.
9: I believe it might be pronounced Win.
4: Yeah, that's what I think. Oh, so yeah. is the N silent as well? Yeah. So it's just wind. Friend, yeah. Most of the letters are silent. <laughs> silent letters, one of God's great mysteries. Uh, so there you go. You can see this uh, hot girl. Well done. Well, no, she's not here anymore. No, you can see her photo. That's. Uh, I mean, I know it's it's, it's wrong though. She's been in, indicted on counts of. She's been indicted on counts of hot sex. So you know, giving advice, <laughs> kind of like Lucy in the Charlie Brown cartoon. Totally. What is that? Um. God, what is that thing that Zap Brannigan says that he has? Kip, tell everybody what I suffer from.
8: <sighs> Sexlexia. Thank you, Kiff. All right.
4: Uh, God, I love Zapp Brannigan. Me too. Oh, my God. OMG. You watch it? OMG. Let me just say this. Stop saying that. No, that was ironic. Uh, like when Aaron the other day was all... But no,
9: it's going to start out as ironic, and then you're going to start actually putting it into your lexicon every day. <laughs>
4: the other day, Aaron was all, lol. Uh... Rick, um, you need to get a copy of the first of four direct-to-DVD Futurama movies, uh, Bender's Big Score. I did. I watched ben, uh, Bender's Big Score on Friday. It is fantastic. Uh, ignore anyone who tells you it is bad. We had some naysayers go, it's terrible. It's not, it's fantastic. And it ends right when you want it to. It's about 88 minutes long. So just as you're kind of thinking, I need to wrap this up, bam, done.
9: Kind of like the Simpsons movie. I thought that ended right when it needed Yeah, the to. Simpsons
4: movie was good. This is better than the Simpsons film, and especially because you don't have to pay like $12 to see it in the theater. You know, you can rent it or you can whatever. Um,. It's really good. It's called Bender's Big Score. It is, it is hilarious, man. It's good to see, and you know, and the great thing about it is, right off the bat, the very first scene they deal with being canceled by Fox, and they do it. Maybe I'll bring it in tomorrow because I have it.
9: Promise? Did you buy it?
4: Uh, yeah. Maybe I'll bring it in. uh, Tomorrow? Tomorrow? Yeah, I suppose. Or you could give Futurama your money, Sarah, at CD Game Exchange.
9: I give them enough money. All
4: right. Uh, well, I'll, I'll definitely, and if only for the first scene, maybe we'll open the show tomorrow with this sequence from Futurama. It really is great where they, they're they canceled by the, quote, box network. And the great thing about it is it's like F- Professor French is like, good news, everyone, you know, and he's talking about the box network. But, of course, part of the B on the box network sign is broke, is, so it's oh, yeah. burned out, so it says Fox, you know, which is just <laughs> great. Um, anyway, so uh, to shreds, you say. Uh, here's Tim Riley.
1: The Pentagon says it's sending back or throwing away hundreds of thousands of letters sent Genetically, or generically, to... Genetically. Sending letters genetically is uh, something that Deborah LaFave does. To any wounded soldier. Unquote. The rule was in place since the September 11th attacks and the Amthrax scare. The Pentagon and the U.S. Postal Service say they're concerned about people sending toxic substances, and demoralizing messages. As a rule, as many as 450,000 pieces
4: of mail addressed to any wounded soldier will it, be... It's illegal to send demoralizing messages yeah. Well, first of all, as long well, having one per- of your limbs blown off isn't demoralizing I, enough. If
1: they're addressed to any wounded soldier. I Apparently, so. they're writing campaigns. Is that the occupants of the Walter Reed Center? Yes, that's yeah. who they'd right. be for. Okay. Uh, the band paints some people during the holiday season. One woman has encouraged people to send letters to any wounded soldier.
4: She said it's a sad commentary in our society. No, well, don't do that. Hey, by the way, did you guys see the cover of this week's uh, Inquirer? No. I think it was the Inquirer about Oprah and her eating. No, no. I, I didn't have to wait in line at the cashier oh, last wonderful. night. Wonderful! I went to the plaid. That I... did you buy it? No, no, I didn't. I can't bring myself. Those pay. magazines are not to be bought. I yeah, I can't. Every time I buy like In Touch or Star or whatever, I feel like a dope because like five seconds later, it's all been excerpted on Google News or something. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can find. It. I they probably want the actual text, but let me see. Let me let me see National. If uh, they have just the front, because it's really just a headline with this. Um let's see if they've got the the cover of this month's issue because it really is just the um it's the cover of this month's issue, which is just it's wonderful uh, no let's see here well, let me look one more time and That's uh then if i, I can't find it right is now she then overeating? I'll, I'll bag it yeah, but it's the way the headline is phrased of course she's overeating it's oprah I mean I don't look i mean it's like a jerk, but I mean what else would the National Enquirer really be covering about Oprah Winfrey? What are they going to talk about obama uh let's see we're going to talk about Obama just. Uh, Let's see here. All right. Please tell me. Please tell me that someone has this story. No, they don't. All right. Um, But the story, you know, of course, with the Inquirer, what is the deal where they find the worst possible photograph? And it's like her. She must have been inhaling or maybe sneezing or something because her cheeks are all puffed out. And she, her mouth is sort of like half open, like as though she was sort of asleep drooling on a school desk. Oh, like Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah, kind of. And so the whole point of the photograph is obviously to make her look and you know, Oprah's a Oprah's a big girl, no getting around that. Um even thin Oprah is a, is a big woman. Um but the 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 photo is just a tight shot of her head and it's clearly to make her look as fat as possible. And then it's like Oprah's diet disaster. And then below that the slug is and it's written as though like um like your whole thing about the uh what is it, the river log slide that's destroying St. Helens? Uh huh. <laughs> you know, River of Mud destroying St. Helens. It's encroaching by the day. It that can't would be, be stopped. That would be Klatskenai. Klatskenai? We don't, we don't want to get Scott in an uproar. Sorry. Um, so, you know, River of Mud devouring Klatskenai. It's advancing by the second. The headline for Oprah is She's eating 5,300 calories a day. And it was like a huge, I ex- I a huge exclamation mark. And it was really like they were talking about Mothra attacking Tokyo. It was a whole lot of, you know, like, you know, she's in the eastern seaboard. We've got to get her. So it was great. Just a huge picture. Big fat Oprah face. And then, yes, in big, like, you know, victory over Japan style writing. It, like She's eating 5,300 calories a day. Exclamation mark. It's wonderful. So do try to just go look at that because it'll give you a laugh. Uh, let's see. Who? Are the, what are these people calling about? Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
14: Hey, Rick. Hello. You, Tim. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. I'm leaving town. Oh, no.
4: Well, it's about time. Yeah, well. No time. I, what do you mean?
14: Uh, I've got to go down to San Jose for some training, and I'm going to miss the show for three days in a row, and it's freaking me out. But now, what,
4: the what kind of training?
14: Uh, auto mechanics.
4: Okay, and so, uh, now, so you're going to be go Now, it says on the screen, leaving town, we'll miss Rick. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Uh, we appreciate the fact and are grateful that you'll miss us, but it, I sort of, it, when I looked at this, I thought you were going to be moving.
14: No. No, I'll be back on Friday.
4: Are you taking a laptop with you of some kind? No. All right. Uh, will you have internet access?
14: Uh, no. What kind of company do you work for? <laughs> what? So are I, you
4: st- do they have, do you have, a, where are you, are you staying at a hotel?
14: Yeah. Yeah, but I'll be in school all day, so I won't oh, be able sure. to. Normally, I'll listen. Uh, uh, Second I would recommend
4: is, to you that you download some programs tonight and burn them to CD, sir. <laughs>
14: yeah. Well, I'm already uh, like 120 miles north of Medford, so. Oh be late well, for that. Never mind then. Uh, second thing is, I want to apologize for Sarah. I was the one that wrote the email about seeing her at the Blazer game, and if I made her uncomfortable, I apologize. Spying on you and Craig. Gass. Oh no. I I don't want to get on Sarah's bad side. No, of course <laughs> not. She'll have you killed.
4: Uh, no, no, no. It was very nice. You just noticed she was touching her hair a lot, which, to be fair, she did last night during the Will Smith film.
14: Uh, well, I'd never seen her do that before, so I thought it might be. In all something. the many
4: hours you spent observing her. Yeah. Peering in her bathroom uh, window. Uh
0: huh.
14: The third thing is, a yes. uh, great thing about driving this long is you get to listen to music. And if you haven't heard them, there's this great, glorious pop band called the Wanderstrucks.
0: I
4: don't
14: know anything about that band, sir. You I have really,
9: heard about that. You
14: really need to check them out. I don't out. know. Uh... Do they have
9: a website, do you know? Uh,
14: uh, I believe they're on MySpace.
9: MySpace.com forward slash I the wonderstruck I, no
14: yes. I think
9: also maybe um if you go there maybe you can find out more on the i have
4: no knowledge of any I be- such thing. That, what? i believe that's true sarah what a great gift idea it is <laughs> pick it up today there we go all right yes i didn't just say that but uh, tim did just say uh, that that what a great gift idea well, well that tim, was my own that. opinion yeah it was your your constitutionally particularly he's a newsman all right, well, uh, have a safe trip, sir, and uh, we'll, uh, maybe when you're, you know, just maybe act out the like show with shadow puppets or something.
14: Uh, yeah, I was thinking about something like that. All right, thank you, sir. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye.
1: Oh, we understand a sailboat has just become disabled underneath the Hawthorne Bridge.
4: Oh, really? Yeah, a sailboat. Yeah, That commute's going to suck, because mm-hmm. you know it's going to stay there until about 7.30. Better than being caught in a mudslide. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> is, that, is that the new better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick? Yeah. Better than having your house swept away by logs. Uh, hey, speaking of uh nothing in particular, but the holiday season and so forth, have you seen that that house with the martini, the martini now has like a circle around it and like a red, like a, a no?
9: Maybe they don't drink. Maybe they think it's promoting drinking and driving. Well...
4: Who, seriously, who was like, well, I'm normally a safe driver, but I did see this set of lights up on the West Hills that vaguely resembled a martini, and I decided to get plowed before I got behind the wheel of my car. You know how children are. And, and, and Exactly. And and really, con- you know, Maybe on the other end get of the, the spectrum, on the show. who is it that would normally drink and drive and then see that and suddenly change their ways? I think we're overestimating the power of illumination. I'd rather play the choking game. Yeah, wouldn't we all? Hi. Uh, and then we got this great email to get to you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, uh, co- coincidence, I'm
3: leaving tomorrow, too, but I'm going to be done for a week. But that's not why I call.
4: Are you taking copies of the show with you? Or will you be listening via podcast? Uh, podcast when I can. You know, Richie and uh, and Bridget work very hard to keep that podcast uh, up-to-date and accurate.
3: I wish it was only available a little bit quicker, but that's all right. I can do it, you know, I can do it at the end of the night. Anyways, I was calling. You were doing your text message thing. You went to that OMG there. And I remember reading basketball games, and, and this past weekend I was doing this tournament, and these girls were, it was a girls' tournament, and they are like 8th grade, 9th grade, whatever the hell it was. And this one girl, she goes, oh, I'm G-S-S-T. And the other girl, she's passing the ball, and she goes, N-W-N-2. And, and they're just going around, and I'm oh. trying I'm, I realize I'm getting old, but it's like I got the oh, my God. No, After that, I have no clue what no, they were doing. Did
4: you get from the tone of voice, do you think they were doing it as like a gag, or were they really – is that just how they talk?
3: I thought – well, as I got further and further along in the game and I kept hearing a little bit of extra, I think that was actually how they were – they were trying to uh, talk to each other as teammates there, so no one else would understand. At least the referee didn't understand. It you know, is weird. Was.
4: Well, that reminds me of, like those Jamie Lee Curtis spots about like the online lingo your teen may be using.
3: Exactly, and I just I was so I mean I really felt old.
4: Yeah, well, it's, uh, you'll start to hear the complaints from history teachers or history, the English teachers any day now. I'm sure. Uh, yes. you'll start to, uh, any moment now, I'm waiting for some big expose in USA Today about how, like, you know, English teachers are seeing a disturbing trend. Kids incorporating yes. Net speak into their English papers. And there'll be some gray hair wearing a pince-nez, you know, just saying, they go, well, and I got some paper that said LOL in it. So, yeah, exactly. well, what can you do, sir? Language marches on.
3: I understand. Well, you guys have a good week. I'll see you. I'll, I'll listen to you next week.
4: Travel safe, sir.
3: All right,
1: thank, thank you.
4: Thank you. All right. Hey, listen to this great email. Rick. Uh, I didn't hear you guys talk about did anybody watch the show? The twenty five hottest female reality stars? No, I did not. It was on uh Fox uh TV apparently. Um the twenty-five hottest female reality stars, which aired this past weekend. Guess who plays ninth? Sir March? Yes. Awesome. Oh, very good. Paris Hilton plays second.
9: Mm.
4: Uh sorry if I missed your you slashing Paris with your rapier wit. I was sort of looking forward to it. Great show, Eric. Uh, I actually didn't even know that show aired. Well, congratulations. Well done, Storm. Um, oh, hey, speaking of that uh, and, and whatnot, uh, let me just... Uh... Oh, Richie. It's called Sex Panther. Oh, Richie. What is this song, I by mean, the yeah. way? Somebody asked me and I didn't know.
9: Isn't it better than no, i I guess.
4: I'm... It's quite pungent. All right. Uh, Richie Bristol joining us now in the studio. Hello, Richie. Hello. Um, all right. So, hey, by the way, did you have other vampire trivia prepared last night? Had that not gone so horribly? Uh yeah. <laughs> do you remember any of the other vampire trivia questions?
3: Um. Oh, what kind of clothes does one vampire wear? Some some kind of piece of clothing.
4: You want me to give it away? Please tell me the question wasn't phrased that way. <laughs> no,
9: it was. It was a very confusing question. I remember we all kind of looked at each other. And...
4: Well, we'll we'll maybe do it later on the next hour. Uh, okay. So on Thursday, here on KCMD Portland, on Thursday, uh, we are going to the Ass Club. Right. The uh, club formerly known as Are we allowed to bring a couple
9: people, or is it... Uh, That's what they're asking, of a Plus plus five. Um, I have a couple girlfriends that really want to go. Really? Are we we broadcasting
4: live from there? (laughs) I don't believe so.
9: I just wanted to bring a a, a plus two to the Ask Club, please.
4: Here's the thing. Now, is one of those people Storm? Because Storm wants to go. Oh, they were open for that. Creepy. Oh, my friend
9: Lisa, my friend, my friend Lisa just had the baby, and Pasha really wants to. Yeah, and
4: listen. my wife wants to go. So it'll just be you yeah. and I and a bunch of female listeners. Totally um, sweet. So and Richie, uh so that is on uh, Thursday. And by the way, and I, I, I really, again, I hate to sound jerky about this, but really, just stop emailing. It's not my, the invitations are not mine to give. It's not up to me. Rick Emerson is not making the guest list. Um, so, when, can I? Um, I must. I got one guy emailed me. And he's like, my invitation must have been lost in the email. <laughs> oh,
9: oh, uh, no, but is, really, I want to go.
4: Yeah, I just, I could. It's just not. Uh, maybe next time. It's going to be Friday at uh, two o'clock. Friday at two. Well done, Richie. Okay. So it's going to be Sarah and myself, uh, my wife and Storm, you, and then Pasha and Lisa. So it's seven. Cool. So okay. you got to be okay to video, too. So Really?
9: <gasps> no way. Yeah. No way.
4: Yeah. Awesome. So we could actually probably air audio off that. was of a full-on so. I would not enough.
9: think that you'd be able to.
4: I wouldn't think so. Well, there's nobody there,
9: though. If it's, it's true. empty. Yeah, but the whole thing is, well, I don't want to convince them otherwise, so never mind. No, I'm saying, oh, you saying the whole thing's like the secret club? I mean, I would think that they wouldn't want... No, I don't think it's a secret I... club.
4: I think they're really leery of it, probably, to... because they don't ever want to take the chance of... Like their membership being you'll forgive the pun exposed uh because I know that like some of their mailing lists or whatever like I was saying how it's like e c and it's anonymous, so I think they're very into uh and I can appreciate this they're very into respecting the privacy of their members. everything I say sounds like a bad double entendre um but you know the people who go there, I think that you know they're very into protecting you know their discretion is key, I think at that place so so that is uh, happening later in the week. Excellent. they will have a full uh have the blow by blow, see there again. I'm really not even trying. It's just uh just comes naturally. So fantastic. All right. So yeah, let them know that I uh Storm and I think Storm is actually coming in that day because she promotes okay? she can be at the Melody Ball or the Wonder Ballroom. Uh and uh so I think Storm will actually be in that day regardless. Sweet. Excellent, cool. Oh
9: Richie right. looked really excited about right. that. Richie's excited. What are, you wearing? <laughs> what are
4: you more excited about? Going to the place or being in the company of Storm? Be honest. Uh Sure. All right. I have yeah. two
9: good-looking friends coming, too, Richie. They're hot. Wait, who? Who and who? Lisa. Lisa and pa- uh, Pasha, Pasha, the photographer. Yeah. And Lisa, who just had the baby. Fantastic. Who's already just lost all the weight that she gained during the pregnancy. She's back. I think she's, like, less than what she weighed before.
4: We work with um, a couple women who actually just had uh, babies. And, yeah, it's like, immediately. It's like somebody just she pressed the undo com- button. She
9: looks completely normal, except her boobs are, like, even bigger. That's about it. Fantastic.
4: Well, I, for one, can't wait. Uh, it's going to be a rollicking time for everybody. Wonderful.
9: And you're going to be, you and Richie will be the only guys.
4: Yeah. Very strange, actually. It is kind of an odd life that we have sometimes. Well, Okay. Hey, uh, next hour, more of Tim Riley and his unique take on the day's events. Uh, well, also, the top five drive songs. I got this list. 25 worst TV shows ever made. We may get to that. Uh, motorcycle, ice racing tickets, all that. You stay there's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere.
3: Lock and roll. In a life a fool, like I said before, living low. Life, take your time. You'll go. Good to hear another thing to fear. Brother the brother, not another sincere. Teach a man how to be a father.
9: Let me grab onto my power as soon as I can. It does
4: roll downhill. All right. Get me somebody to kick. Uh, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I don't miss him. Okay.
9: <laughs> you want to you wanna say that?
4: <laughs> um, all right, so uh, later on we'll do the top five. Uh, uh, Tim Riley is, uh, is here. Not here specifically, but he's here sort of in general. Jesus, uh, what should we do here? Well we get the Darwin watch? Oh, well, we should talk about your absinthe, actually.
9: Yeah, I don't understand what this thing is. Like, what's Sarah going to drink next? All I drink is Where is it leaves. at? It's at my house.
4: Oh, it's not here.
9: No, I took it home. Are Damn you it. kidding? I'm not going to leave that over the weekend. It's
4: like my Johnny Walker uh, blue, which Aaron and uh, Lara were planning to steal, by the way. I heard them plotting over the weekend. They were going to put on, like, cat suits or something and, like, you know, sneak in, like, Jane's Son of Bob style, like, rappel into my office and steal it. Apparently they are displeased. The Johnny Walker Blue is mine, since I don't drink, and uh, and since it's like the most coveted uh, of all Scotch or whatever it is. Um, I'm just saying that to annoy people now. The uh, since it's you know some kind of drink apparently, uh, because that guy dropped off the Johnny Walker gift pack and it was black, blue, green, and gold.
9: I, I have the green one.
4: And Scotty took the Johnny Walker Red and the Johnny Walker Black, and I actually just made an executive decision and took the Johnny Walker Blue. So yes, I was the man at that moment. I did exercise my managerial powers uh, for personal and selfish gain. Because the opening is like, well, this is great! Somebody gave us a bunch of Johnny Walker. <laughs> and uh, and I said, yeah, the Johnny Walker Blue, zing! And I took it and uh, kind of yoink, and it went right up to my office. So it's up there now. Uh, I have a whole thing about Johnny Walker Blue, which is basically which is whole, rooted in the West Wing and Aaron Sorkin, and I don't need to go into it. But it's so I have that. Upstairs, I also have the Cobra whiskey and the whatever. Do you remember what language the writing on your absinthe bottle was in? Because Aaron was asking about that. Because Aaron and Court, we were
9: looking at it. I can't remember.
4: Court and Fat Boy and Aaron, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of absinthe freaks, as all nerds are. Uh, and absinthe is actually a thing I don't know about because even though I am a colossal nerd, again, not being with the drinking because that kind of ends badly for me. Um, I don't uh, know anything about absinthe. All I know about absinthe is what I've seen in like Johnny Depp films. So. Aaron was like, well, this is the writing in, like, is it, like, because I think it looked like Czech to me or, yeah, like, Eastern.
9: something along those lines. Aaron's
4: first words were like, don't drink that. Aaron, oh, really? His first words were like, don't drink it That's if it's so from funny because, Europe.
9: No, because he, I think, is telling, is feeding you a fairy tale because he wants you to tell me so that I'll give it to him because he's just like, yeah, let's totally drink some absinthe on Friday and go shopping for a new Mac.
4: Well, you got it from a listener, right? He, he gave you a bottle of absinthe. He dropped it off? Or,
9: yes.
4: Uh, and, and Mateo. Thank you, you, Mateo. You, uh, he's the same guy that dropped off the Johnny Walker gift pack.
9: Huh? That guy's alcoholic he
4: joy in a he's he's like distilled. You'll forgive the pun. He's distilled greatness. Um, yeah, he's the same guy that dropped off the Johnny Walker Blue uh, and other things. So, did you look up the value of that absinthe? Yes. How much is it worth?
9: Seventy bucks. See
4: now, see, I don't know anything about absinthe. So uh, somebody will call into. Now here's a dumb question: Is it the real absinthe or is it that sort of like fake absinthe? Because mm-hmm. they make the the fake absinthe. But somebody trademarked the name, and so it says Absinthe, but it's not Absinthe?
9: You know, it looked pretty damn real to me. It's like it's green, and it was 70 proof, and, yeah, the label was written completely in a different language. Do you have that page somehow still bookmarked or something? I'm trying to find a picture of the kind because uh, we
4: have some, you know, there's undoubtedly somebody in the audience who can clarify this. This is all leading up to, uh, we're going to clean out the fridge here in a moment, and by clean out, we're just going to tally the liquor.
9: Ew, all of Scotty's, like, gross old mad dog is in there.
4: Yes, yes it is. Well, we're going to tally the liquor that we've got in there because we're coming up on New Year's. Uh, oh, we should talk about holiday stuff for a second. So don't forget our holiday extravaganza is coming up Friday, December twenty-first, featuring live in studio guests, live music, and of course a live radio play. Uh, the Friday, December twenty-first, we'll have in studio music, uh, cornucopia of guests, and it'll all climax with a live radio play, uh, written, produced, performed by the Rick Emerson cast and crew. Uh, that is happening Friday, December twenty-first. Mark it on your calendars. Listen, it's going to be badass. Um, and then of course uh, New Year's Eve, well New Year's Day. Uh, I know you will not be here. Uh, I will be here though, and we'll all be. Is Tim going to be gone? Uh, t- you and Tim will be gone. It'll be myself and Kristen and Tim Ryan. Um,
9: God bless Kristen.
4: Yeah, no, and Tim and Tim Ryan will be here. He's a machine as well. So it'll be myself. So we will be live on New Year's Day. Uh, it'll be myself, Tim Ryan, and Kristen Bowie. Uh, blah 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 blah, blah, blah. uh, and then so forth. Oh well, here's some calls. Well, let's take these calls, but absent, and then we'll look inside the fridge because we're heading towards New Year. So we should figure out what kind of uh, liquor we've got around. Hello, hi. Hello, Rick. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Yes.
14: How's it going? Hey, um, when I was drinking, my nephew brought back some absinthe from Europe, and it was green,
0: and we drank it with a sugar cube in it. Right. Right. And it's also and it didn't give me the effect uh, that I was hoping for. But did you know that it was Van Gogh's drink of choice? Well, I because slicing his ear off.
4: Yeah, and because he had the digitalis and the whatnot, and the uh, he went crazy, and there's something to do with the absinthe and the.
0: That's it.
14: Yeah. That's all I wanted to do. So that's fine. weird. I don't see mine. <laughs> all right. Thank you. All right. Hey,
4: Sarah's the best. All right. Thank so you. So are you. Later. All right. We can't both be the best, sir. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson
8: Show.
5: Hey, Rick. Sarah, don't drink that stuff. It's foul, man. We just had some abs-, abs since like a month or two ago. There's a cat who's like a chemistry student in Corvallis. Made it, but I mean, they made like batches of it, well, and you don't want to it was the real
4: thing that it made in a chem lab.
5: No, but I mean, it was for real. They're like, they're like chemistry post grad uh-huh. students, and they get off on it. They make ketamine and everything. Ketamine? I mean, no, I mean, he charged me like 40 bucks for it, and, and I mean, it was, it was like really well produced. They had these really cool homemade labels. It takes, like scope and it's, like, no different than any other booze, except it, like, wrecks your body more, you feel all uh, yeah, the I see that maybe lot, it's like, not litter-ish. the real
4: real thing then, though, because, you know, Donna and Mike do these absinthe, absinthe shows. Once a year, Donna and Mike do an absinthe show. Uh, so, lest anybody think that I am unaware of that fact. Uh, yeah, they they have made kind of a whole thing about it, where once a year they'll get a big jar, uh, a jar, bottle of absinthe, and they'll drink it over the course of a show and just get more and more plowed on absinthe, and it's always great and hilarious. I, myself, don't have any experience with it, but isn't the real... Absinthe, doesn't it give you hallucinations?
5: Uh, well, see, that's where we were told, and I mean, I, there's no way for me to convince you that the cat made real absinthe. Well, but I, don't I mean, know. It, I mean the, the, the guy, the guy really is a post grad
4: chemistry. Because it has to really have ind- the, the deal is if it doesn't have wormwood in it, no, so I, it's I, not I absinthe.
8: Yeah,
5: right. It had it. Uh, he swears it had wormwood. I mean, it was very hush hush.
8: Right. are your bottles
5: of absinthe. <laughs> I mean, you, seriously, Sarah, just crack it open, take a whiff. Take a take a, a shot and then take a shot of scope, man. I mean, the guy wasn't fooling me. I've known this guy for years yeah. and I've seen him like come up with a lot of wicked type of legal stuff. So substances. was it
4: just like drinking but with a worse hangover?
5: I mean, we didn't even drink enough to get a hangover. We just got enough drank enough to where we would be drunk and we were tipsy, but it just gave us like a clammy, kinda of itchy feeling <laughs> and the, the guy who I got it from, kind of the intermediary, although I, I know the guy who actually made it, the guy I got it from was, felt like it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. He was drinking it a lot. and He was saying it started to mess with his vision and stuff. I mean, maybe if you drink enough of it, it does. But I swear, it tastes like scope, and it's just nasty stuff. All right. Well, we'll look at it. One other thing, Tim Riley is the <laughs> <laughs> yes.
10: All right. Thank you. <laughs>
4: Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
10: Hey, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, Real absent, if you get the good stuff from Mm -hmm. uh, Czech Republic... It, the, the way they measure the wormwood is by like milligrams or whatever. So, uh, actually, it's legal in the U.S. There's a couple distilleries now that are now, doing see, it. but
4: it's legal to own, But it's, own, only, but it's, it's not only, legal to make.
10: Well, they're they're making it here, but they're making it with that uh, like 10, 10 milligrams or whatever. Well, see, now I have. And it's, look. uh, it's like 60% uh, alcohol. Yeah, this is usually I have what this you seven, get. This is yeah, 70%. It's like 70 yeah. It's usually really high from there. I can already but, uh, tell,
4: though, this is going to be one of those things where everybody, every caller is gonna think the last caller was wrong. Well that's telling you, I drink it a lot. And I,
10: under- I, the, I understand in the, the thirty uh, and the hundred. The hundred will mess you up. I understand.
4: I'm just I'm not saying you're right or wrong, sir. I'm saying though this is one of those topics
10: and <laughs> I don't mean it, I just, it, 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 it,
4: it I'm just saying uh, I, don't, I don't mean any dis- I don't mean any disrespect to you. What I'm saying seriously I'm I gotta s i am trying to say something here. What I'm saying, sir is by way of a preface I do not mean any disrespect to you and I am not passing judgment on your observations. But I do get the sense that absinthe is one of those things that everyone thinks they have the real scoop on, and that everybody claims that they're the only ones who know the scoop and that everybody else is wrong.
10: I well, just it's really send... easy to get. I know that. So it's really like Yes. But uh, I will definitely say that uh-huh. the, the flavor, the ennis uh, and whatever they put in it, I think it's fennel or something like that, it just tastes like black licorice.
4: It, tastes like, real it tastes
10: like licorice.
9: All right, so I just wrote yep. check absinthe into Google, and I found the picture of the bottle, and that's what I have.
4: All right, so here we go. So, according to, uh, let's see, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection uh, literature, the importation of absinthe or any liquors that contain absinthe is prohibited by
10: law. Uh, they were talking about it on NPR uh, like a week ago. Let's see the they have um, it in Vegas. It is like pro- New York.
4: The prevailing consensus of interpretation of a United States law is that it is probably legal to purchase such a product for personal use. It is prohibited to sell items meant for human consumption which contain the you know whatever blah blah blah. Let's see, um, customs regulations in America specifically forbid the importation of absinthe.
10: Right, that's absinthe, why they distill it here.
4: Absinthe. Ooh. Let's see. A faux absinthe liquor made with southern wormwood instead of grande wormwood is sold legally in the United States and does not contain, quote, real wormwood.
10: So that stuff's crap.
4: Uh, let's see.
10: And um, the guy that makes it in his bathtub's probably not that no so I found, either.
9: I found my specific absinthe, and I'm reading about it in a liquor log, and it was saying that this one, that anything's illegal um, with the wormwood concept of 10 milligrams. Yes. Um Or... Like nothing legal over that. So the one that I have is 13 milligrams. So it's yeah. illegal.
8: So it's
4: illegal. It's illegal to no. buy, but not to own. It's
9: like Cuban
11: cigars.
4: Then. It's like Cuban cigars. It. You can have, but you can't buy. It. Like if they just if they appear, Sarah's giving me the like the finger. Like from the you won't
9: stop talking. I know. Thank you, sir.
4: Bye. like Cuban cigars. Like if you come home and they're on your table, like hey, these appeared totally legal. Can't bring them in, but if they appear in your home, they're fine. Yeah. This says um. In 2007, the first legally available absinthe has been approved for sale in the United States. This must be tested, and they consider a product to be thujone, whatever that is, that's the active ingredient, free if it measures less than 10 parts per million. So it has to be less than 10, fewer than 10 is what they mean, fewer than 10 parts per million of this active ingredient. And yours is, what, 13? Yeah. So it's legal to own, probably, but not to buy. So he must have gotten it from Eastern Europe. And yet Aaron's first word is, don't drink anything from Eastern Europe. So he's probably just trying to screw you he out totally, of totally
9: is because he was just writing me a taunting email. But don't you also... I think him and... He said that him and Laura are going to beat me up and take it from me.
4: But don't you do, you... do you not get the sense like I do that this is one of those topics on which everyone wants to be the expert? Like, and everybody wants to be the guy who has the final word on it. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, that last caller didn't know what he was talking about. Hi, ah, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello.
2: Yeah, all those guys are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about.
4: Well, Well played,
2: sir. No, I know. Um, you you actually just stole my thunder with what you were saying about the, the less than 10, you know, per million or whatever. But, uh Sarah, does your bottle up like on the neck, does it say the Green Fairy? No. Okay. I brought a bottle of absinthe fact with me from Australia, and, Sarah, I, I just got to recommend do not drink it because it will mess you up. Uh I took up the bottle that I brought back uh to a bachelor party weekend with me, and, uh, Continue, you know, we, we served it to the, the groom-to-be, and he got about three-quarters of the way through the bottle, and he was not only in his own world, he was in his own universe with his own language and, and <laughs> customs and everything. And he was you king. Know
9: I misread. I picked the wrong bottle. I'm actually looking at this now, and the one that, um, that Mateo gave me is 28 milligrams.
4: Oh. Oh. That sounds lethal. Wow. Fantastic. I, the gnomes for
2: me when you drink it. <laughs> yeah,
4: seriously. There, I, there
9: is actually a picture of a fairy-like thing on it.
2: Yeah, up on the, uh, on the, on the neck.
9: Yeah, absinthium seventeen ninety
2: two. Yeah, that's the, that's the real Czech stuff. That's the that's the goodies there. I don't
4: trust anything made in Czechoslovakia.
2: Well, it's probably you know dirty bathwater from Hungary, but probably. you know. It's...
4: Yeah, Tim will tell you all about that.
2: Yeah, it's good stuff though. All right, thank you, sir. All right, bye.
4: All right. Uh, well, let me. Uh, I don't think we have time to go through the liquor in the fridge now. We've used up all our time talking about absinthe. You should bring it in tomorrow.
9: No, because then I'm going to forget it, and then some ass is going <laughs> to steal it. No way.
4: Would you forget it though? Would you leave it behind?
9: Well, I left my bike helmet in here for that like two true. months. That, no, was, that is like, true. No, that's true. And think this is such a black hole. Like you set something down and it. And I do have a Japanese darkness.
4: maple in my office. I keep meaning to give you. Uh, well, let's do one more then. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick. Hi, I like that we've all got such an ingrained distrust of radio people too. It's like when Tim brings me his copy of Blender, he cuts his. He doesn't just black it out. He actually cuts his address information, his mailing information, off the front of the magazine. Yes, hello. He didn't hello. want anybody knowing.
14: No, neither would I. Hello. Well, let me tell you something. That guy that said that this was the greatest stuff since sliced oh. bread had no idea what he was talking oh, about. God. Yes. Oh. And I'll tell you why. Because sliced bread, the bread slicer was invented in uh, 1914, and sliced bread didn't become popular until 14 years later when the guy that invented it, Otto Ravetter, came up with a way to package
0: it and sell it in stores. You see, he was trying to hold the loaves together with hat pins.
8: (laughs) Okay,
4: see, hat pins is really what has made this call. Well done. And it's true. It's absolutely true. It's funny because it's true.
8: (laughs) Thank you. Bye now.
4: All right. Thank you, sir. All right, there you go. Hat pins. pins. Anything is funnier with hat pins. Let's break, shall we? Come back. Uh, Tim Riley in the top five. Stay there. It's the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere.
8: She's got a monopoly on how to do it properly. So even though she's mad at me, to want to be me. Why is she how to is, how she
4: is, she how her oh, oh. The extent of our interaction. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Programme. 503-733-2970. 503 733 Don't forget, coming up a week from Friday. That is Friday, December 21st. The Rick Emerson Radio Extravaganza. Live music, guests, shenanigans, surprises. And uh, it'll all climax with a live radio play uh, right here on the air. So uh, hopefully script that script will be done sometime soon. Hopefully, hopefully that'll be finished sooner rather than later. So yeah, you gotta get on that. Very exciting. Trying to get that done. Uh, in just a, a few minutes, we got um, almost. Yeah, I know this just doesn't sound like much, but if you're a Zeppelin fan, of this, uh, We got almost 75 seconds of audio uh, from now from last night's Zeppelin show. So we'll get to that here in a second. At the Ministry of Truth, pay heed to your new god. And now, from the Ministry of Truth,
14: this is Tim Riley.
4: Mud slide of fear. An enormous wall
1: of mud over to Highway 30, about five miles west of Pasquedi today. It swallowed. Looks like three homes. Luckily nobody was hurt. There's a wall of mud, boulders and timber about six feet deep, covering an area about, wow, 200 miles. I'll make that 200 yards wide. When it
7: went today, the whole fill went out in less than a minute. It inundated, it just was a horrible roar. You can't imagine. We were just above it taking pictures and it took off.
1: Thank goodness nobody was hurt. But the mayor of that town says it's total devastation for that small community. Some of these were trailer homes, and naturally when logs roll all over them, well, that's the end of that. <laughs> Elsewhere, guess what? What? That uh, Butch Blonde with a gun in the church? Yeah. She's not the one that killed that gunman. He shot himself in the brains. That's what the coroner says. In the
4: brains. <laughs> that's the best phrase. I'm surprised no one has ever used that phrase. That is one of those phrases... That is so obvious and, and easy, and yet no one's ever thought to do it until just now, and it's so great. Shot I believe I
1: made myself understood.
4: Shot himself in the brains. Can we please make that the way that we describe all hand, head injuries from now on?
1: Now, naturally, that gun-toting Annie Oakley, they'd shoot the guy three times. It kind of knocked him off balance, but he's the one that killed himself, so there. Wait, so he survived three body shots? Yeah, enough to shoot himself in the brains. <laughs> that was the one that did him in. <laughs>
4: that is so great. Shot himself in the brains. That's like, um, well, I can't repeat it. There's, there's this great, there's this phrase in um, Superbad that they use. That um, I can't repeat anything from Superbad, actually. Uh, anyway, so I just appreciate a new, interesting turn of phrase. Shot himself in the brains. Wonderful. That makes the whole thing, uh, oh, the whole thing just the easiest, tiniest his bit less dark, Tim, that you were able to get a little interesting turn of a phrase out of there. That is, you know, that's just the, uh, the slight billionth of a ray of light in this whole sad, sorry, turn of events. Jesus. Shot himself in the brains. Yeah. Running it down. He's gone now. Okay, seriously. Who's laughing now, gunman? All right. Meanwhile, here's a little American
1: vanishing Americana. 14% of American homes no longer have
4: no landlines.
1: They just have cell phones. Fourteen percent. Fourteen
4: percent. I'm surprised it's that low, actually. Yeah. I don't. I haven't had a landline for god, three years, four years, no, something me like do. Yeah. Screw that. How do
9: you how do you plug in your TiVo? Uh,
4: you know, uh, I had a landline just when I got my TiVo. We still had a landline. And uh, and then I I down and it was about a month later actually that I got I think we actually kept the T, the landline just long enough to let the Tivo program although now the new Tivos don't even need that new Tivos you can stick a, a wireless adapter in the back and they'll go into a wireless network and you download it from Wi-Fi you do your initial I download can you do
9: my old Tivo uh,
4: I th- uh the one is that the one you bought from me yeah I think you can probably do a wireless adapter with that and I'm not sure you might want to look in the back and check the Tivo website but I know after a certain point. You can uh, you can hook your TiVo. will go in through Wi-Fi and uh, whatever. Like our TiVo now, um, it gets all the information uh, over the internet. Hmm. Like because we have cable and it goes, uh, it, it just plugs into our. Uh, we run the TiVo right into our, our 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 network at home, and it goes right into the internet and gets all the information over the net. Doesn't need phone line at all. We did the initial setup with the phone line, but now you don't even need the phone line to do that. Is that the only reason you keep your landline?
9: No, I I haven't used my TiVo in like. A year and a half. What? what? I, still, I don't have cable. <laughs>
4: Tim and I are horrified. Well, that's okay. Fair enough.
9: So, I mean, it's just it just sits there like a sad oh, little how lump. Oh,
4: sad. I
9: know. I still have... Here now
4: with that ticker check. But you still love it.
9: I still love it, and I still do have the Lifetime War, or yeah. Yeah, subscription.
4: Do you kind of, like, pet it every now that's and again? Cool, like, right? they're, okay. they're there, there. It's
9: still sitting in the middle of my living room. People ask, what is that giant silver thing? Yeah. You, my it's
4: my TiVo. Bow before it.
1: Young women are getting drunk, partying, and posting. Excellent. One Facebook group. Facebook, I believe this is called. Celebrate young women getting drunk, and there's no thing as going too far. One young woman dances on top of a bar. Another young woman sits on the toilet drinking a beer. I'm sorry, where is this site? Facebook. Okay. Several vomit. One appears with a bruised and bandaged face. Uh, I just got drunk and fell out of the car. She brags. Oh, that's hot. And another photo: two women urinate into a waterfall. What you want? I don't understand. Wait, what? What are we talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) What? (laughs) Young women drink, party, and post. On the Facebook. I don't... uh, This page is called... 30
4: Reasons Girls Should Call It A Night. It's humiliation and embarrassment. Do I have to be a member of Facebook to see this? I don't be a member of Facebook. No, I'm not, because... For the most part, the
1: women post these photos themselves... A lot of writing. ...seemingly with pride. This makes many adults, teachers, counselors, parents... ...worry that the girls aren't taking the consequences... ...or showing themselves... ...well, they're showing themselves drunk to the world.
4: Many photos on this site, which is called... Thirty reasons girls should call it a night. Have you have you seen that? There's this thing going around the internet right now. It's one of those. It's like a takeoff on the old, um, you know, cost of a pony, fifty dollars. Cost of whatever. Cost of you know, you know, not missing your your you know your your girl's third birthday. Finally. You know, priceless. And there's one of them about I forget what it was, but it's like the punchline is like something digital camera. You know, five rounds of Jägermeister, and that's the cost. And it's like. You know, worst shot ever of you on the Internet, priceless. And it's like a girl passed out on a street corner, like literally laying on a sidewalk in front of a bar Mm. um, on her back and not wearing any underwear. She's got a skirt but no underwear. You can see, like, right up the skirt to the business, to the store. And then, of course, she's covered in her own vomit. So, I mean, no, it's a horrible photograph. But the fact that some guy saw and went, oh, i got to make a funny captioning thing out of that snap. You know, and then home, zang, with the, you know, the caption and then uploaded it to the net. Humans really are be- weird sometimes, just with the things that they think to make comedy out of.
1: These young Facebook women are sloppy and ladylike and low class. But they notice that college boys do stupid things when they're drunk, too. But these women are morally bankrupt. <laughs> 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 That's a great phrase.
4: And fantastic. In the brains.
1: Meanwhile, a sailboat hit the Hawthorne
4: Bridge this okay. afternoon. How can a sailboat be disabled? Is it gone yet? Yes, it's gone. Thank God. Okay, but how? People want it gone. But how can a sailboat be disabled?
1: But it's but a, it's a sailboat. It's, it's mo- sailboats have motors, too. But I mean... What if there's no wind? All of a sudden the wind stops and you're in the middle of a lake I somewhere. Know. I don't know. They have oars <laughs> or something? You wouldn't paddle a sailboat. It's too big.
9: Sailboats don't have oars. A sailboat, Rick.
4: It's, it's big. Is it's it big? big well, how big am I sail. to know? I, I'm not, I'm... You
9: don't know what a sailboat is?
4: There are small boats. Are there not? Not sailboats. A sailboat is not small. Is that there are no small sailboats? Yes, yeah, there were. Back when I was a youngster, it was called a sunfish,
1: I believe. It was See? a person boat. When but Tim was, was a boy? 70s. When
9: Tim was a boy.
4: Okay. It was in the 70s. It was fiberglass.
9: Yeah, is it, uh-huh. Did the sail get stuck in the bridge?
4: Apparently so. No, you know what this means. They're going to lift the bridge even more now for ah. everything.
1: <laughs> apparently he tried to anchor, but the boat drifted anchor. into the bridge near the west end of the south wall, about 50 feet from the harbor wall. A fireboat responded and waited at the see of for the sailboat operator, who awaited a commercial sailboat towing agency uh-huh. to uh, pull it
4: out. So apparently this happens a lot. If they have towing facilities for sailboats, now they're just going to maybe gonna, my
9: friend was towing. He's a tugboat captain.
4: Oh, that could be. Now they're just going to raise the bridge every thirty seconds. Do you think
9: tugboats do towing? I'll tugboat well, to they tow. tug. There must be or a
4: triple A Why are they called tugboats when they push barges? They don't tug barges; they push them. They should be called like pushboats. That's silly. I'm just
9: saying. Shut up.
4: Join it there i'm just saying when is the last time you saw a tugboat actually pulling anything
9: sometimes they pull things
4: i have never seen a tugboat pulling anything i've only ever seen them pushing barges
9: do we have to get tuggy my tugboat captain friend on the phone let's not okay can
4: we not he doesn't care about me
9: anyway he doesn't that's why you that's why you secretly want him to love you
4: (laughs) please love me i crave your attention the tugboat captain ignores me
8: (laughs) (laughs) the rick emerson Emerson. story
4: (laughs) (laughs) all right let's continue
1: Ever think of home improvement products as holiday gifts? Many do. You can even find romantic home improvement gifts if you look carefully enough.
12: Say if you give the Moen Inspire showerhead, you can really create a spa-like experience at home. So in the long run, you'll be saving money because you won't be going to the spa every five (laughs) minutes. You want to get this relaxing feeling.
9: Uh-huh. hate people like her
4: You know, anytime there's something with the word like after it It's not like the thing at all A spa-like experience in your home It's not anything like a spa
9: Like if you see a movie and it's like Oh, it's just like a cross between yeah. Garden State and My Name is Earl
4: In the style of John Grisham
9: I just watched the worst movie, I can't remember what it's called But that's what it said on the cover I'm like, this is going to be bad it's, of And course it was it one of the worst movies I've ever seen
4: like, It's like something in a New York style it, Nothing that says New York style tastes like it's from New York Ever All right.
1: I suppose that's true just like there used to be this uh, store down the street called New York Burrito. That sounds authentic, doesn't it? <laughs> New York Burrito. <laughs> uh, New York is the, the, the home Glen of Mexican Tower, right? food. Yeah, yeah, it's not really. It's something else. Burrito now, but New York Burrito. New York
9: Burrito. Of,
4: the home, the home of Mexican cuisine, Manhattan. All right. Yeah. Our, is that the end of our news? Like
1: Manchester Tacos.
4: <laughs> what is the, um, the? Well, you have clam chowder, right? What is the? What? What is this? Is there like a, a a state sort of food? In you know in in uh. What, for New York? No, in New Hampshire. No people. Eat like it. a dish. Cause yeah. like in Bald in Baltimore they have like crab cakes. Oh, they have, like Boston baked beans for one thing yeah. on a Saturday night. In New Hampshire? Yeah. I would think that you wouldn't accept food from Massachusetts. I it's close you by. Demand your own. Is it is it next to Massachusetts? Yes, yeah, it's, it's 30 miles north of Massachusetts. Yeah, see, I don't know anything. I I, I am I am one of those dumb Americans that don't know anything about geography. I'm uh, one of those Jeff Foxworthy... Uh, we
1: went over the New England states not that long ago.
4: Yeah, but I, you didn't show me where they were. You only said there were five of them. I'll bring you a map. Are there five? No, there were six. Oh, sorry. See, I can't you even remember, remember that. Were you? See, I think it's a little early to talk about spatial relations and placement of the states. I should get a handle no, on we're you talking about food. should really get a handle on the number Rick does states.
9: like to talk about food. Well, isn't clam chowder uh,
4: a I've... prominent dish in somewhere? Is that Maine? Well, all of New England, I would imagine. It's a seafaring area. That is true.
9: Wow, I just found these pictures of Tara Reed and she actually looks pretty.
4: That's not possible.
9: Yeah, so I didn't think so.
4: Eh, but you can tell that there's a lot of makeup holding back the ugly. You bet. And she's that against a black a, background. That is a cosmetic dyke. Uh, you, well, you know what I mean. It's holding back... <laughs> I am all kinds of weird today with my language. What I meant to say... <laughs> I'm because, sure she appreciates hearing that. <laughs> um,
1: careful, manicure, public image over the
8: many, many years.
4: I guess what I'm saying is there that makeup is holding back the wall of ugly. That's what I really meant oh, to say. Oh, that's with that. it's like a mudslide of the, ugliness. The, yeah. Yes, being held back by you know a, a levy of something. you want, can I, yeah. We will call it a lipstick levy. That's what we'll call it. Levy it's a, it, Really, there's a She's whole a lot lipstick of...
9: lipstick levy?
7: Yes.
4: <laughs> She's a list, lipstick levian. Uh, no, yeah, it's no. just dumb. Too far. Yeah. Too far. All right. Uh, hey, well, somebody sent me. I never did look at these horrible plastic surgery photos, and I think I've lost them now. Um, this, uh, somebody sent me what purported to be because remember somebody had sent us the, the Mary Tyler Moore page, and it was I think, gone. Uh, oh, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman in the history of the. You know, I looked at it; he was gone. I like that, he was gone. Um, are we breaking here?
9: Yeah. Right. Do you want to play something? Yeah.
4: Are you going to play the Zeppelin? I'm going to play the, the Zeppelin thing. Uh, give me just one, one second before we break. Just like one one tiny little easy little second here. All right. I'm looking for this Mary Tyler Moore photo. Oh, Jesus. Scrolling through this page. Oh, man. Rose McGowan does look bad.
9: Yeah. She's oh, she shouldn't have puffy. had that done. She should not have messed with the front of her face.
4: This is just the worst plastic surgery page I have ever seen. This is just like a cavalcade of bad. This is all so unfortunate. All right. Well, um, let's break here. When we come back, I'll play a little bit of the Zeppelin sound from last night and uh, so forth. So stay there. Uh, we will return. Oh, God, there's the Mary Tyler Moore. Oh, it burns. Oh, it burns. I bet she can't stop smiling if she tries. All right. Well, let's take a break here. We'll come back. I'll play the Zeppelin sound on the other side. And uh, like us at 3, Donna Mike at 7, and so forth. You said, it's the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. Here's the Alright, We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day. This is from last night's Led Zeppelin show.
7: Tomorrow, although the place to be tonight was the Led Zeppelin this is from the BBC. In London. In London. Good night.
8: I can't seem the same, and heart can get my sense
4: Jesus, what a huge sound. That
9: is awesome. That
4: is badass. All right. Well, you know, we had a listener there, a guy named... Oh, uh... Yeah, I got a uh, uh I think, is it Warren Carlton? I mean, he's always oh, signs with initials. I got to go look it up. Uh, we have a, a listener who's there, and I told him, like, when you get back, like, you must be, you must come on and tell us about it. So there you go. All right, we want to thank uh, Steve Kastenbaum and uh, Bob Costantini today. Tomorrow, Mr. Skin will join us on the Rick Emerson radio program. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely talent of Terry Dylan for AML 70, Solid State Radio. The newsroom, Tim Riley, Richie Bristol on the phones, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. Um, uh, imaging and web mistress is Bridget upstairs, and, of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru. Susan Reynolds, like us next. Uh, duck basketball tonight, actually, at uh, 6.30 as well. Uh, and then uh, everything resumes after that. See you all tomorrow. Uh, don't let the pastors run it down. Be safe and watch out for snakes. Bye now.
8: AM
7: 970, Solid State Radio. You understand that? You f- no!